syndrome favorite podcast is back here on this Sunday evening. It's the Chair Shop Podcast Rolls On with me, one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by my ever-dependable co-host. First of all, it's Paul Griffin. I don't know if dependable is the word I would use this week, Barry, but I'm certainly here. Well, listen, you've cobbled a little uh, a little uh, show together for us here. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I would call that reliable in the face of pressure. You know, so, yeah. uh, I would say resourceful, well. that's at least the ever resourceful the macgyver of irish uh, wrestling podcasts uh paul griffin and uh, also with us is mr joe towder hello i am here as always. He is indeed. we're back after a little, uh, a little sabbatical there me and paul adventured off out to tala uh, uh to discuss the wrestling um uh, but we're back uh it's sunday evening i'm I'm a, I'm a lovely combination of sick and hungover. Uh, I'm sure I sound great on this on this year's show, uh, but we've got uh, uh, lots to chat about. Why don't we start with life, Guff Paul? Why 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 did you have to MacGyver this show together this week? Um, well, essentially, I needed to record some stuff at work for my job. Oh, uh, and even though we have you know headphones and that. I'm the kind of person who go, well, I have a fancy setup at home. Oh. <laughs> I'll bring it in and show off and make it sound really good. Uh, then I, I, I left my, my headphone and my mixer at work. Oh, boy. And you know what? Natty came up with a good little workaround. She said, well, could you not ask the guys to delay it for a day? Uh, except that I, I'm off work tomorrow, so that wouldn't have worked either. But look, we're here um, to give listeners an idea of how this is working. I'm currently Skyped in via two accounts. One, my personal Skype account, and then also the general CSP Skype account. Um, one of them is picking up the recording of the show. <laughs> That's on the computer. And I'm talking onto my phone. Um so hopefully, by the end of this, we have a recording. And we can... <laughs> or, or it's just Paul sadly listening back to like his half of the conversation, realizing the entire rest of the show is fucked. We um, did a test. We did a test, and it sounded all right. So we should be good. Yeah, if not, this, this, uh, be... this we, is we, fitting, we... though. Because it is, yeah. of course, our ninth anniversary uh, podcast. A little bit late. Uh, ten days late. But, you know... We're still more organised than this year's WrestleMania card, so stick with us. Uh, and appropriate that we now kind of sound just like we did in 2010. Yeah. So we're, we're taking it back to the old school. It's a mix uh, of old and, old and well, constant, because the old is the is the audio quality, as you alluded to there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it sums up our nine years that we're doing something sort of late and, and uh, you know, half-heartedly slapped together. You know, do you know what I mean? It's, it, this, yeah. is, this is the mother effing chair shop podcast. Do you know what I mean? Um, this is what people want. Do you ever, do you ever think, lads, just, just, just think it out loud here. Do you ever wish we could be something else? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
bit of a shite name, isn't it? Let's be real. I mean, let's just be real about it. Well, we, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, I think it's like a, it's like, it sounds like, this is a great conversation to have on the ninth anniversary of, of this wonderful show we've been doing for nearly a decade. It sounds like something I would never choose to listen to if it, if it was like, uh, you know, thrust upon me. But um, I feel like for those who get past that, we've got a lovely, lovely little show here yeah. where we chat about our lives and all that jazz. Paul, <clears throat> as my voice starts to go yet again, uh, mm. any other life coffee you wanted to make mention of? No, um, not particularly. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> as I choke, oh, we're a, bit of, a bit of takeaway that I was, I was just eating. Um, no, we had a nice week down. We stayed with my parents for a week because Nat was on... Um, midterm from college so went down and stayed with them for a week that was very nice um watched a lot of movies because tonight is oscar night of course i'm all it's caught up oscar oh yeah that's why i have tomorrow off work i'm gonna stay up and watch the oscars night tonight and moan go for human rhapsody they have a host they don't have a house, well, they should. They should have gotten in, in touch with your boy at the Barry lad because he would have done a hell of a job. Yeah, <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot about that. You know that that came up in conversation recently. Oh, what was it? I I was chatting to someone about message boards in general. I think it was, and I mentioned, oh, you know, you know, on this message board for ages, and I I mentioned that, and they didn't believe me, and so I went to see if I could find the videos, and I did find them, but I was too embarrassed to share them, so I didn't. I, I was like, I found them, but I'm not showing them to you, so just take my word for it. I didn't catch a single word of that, because you're cutting in there. But, good <laughs> oh, story. Was I, sorry. Yeah, thanks very much. Oh, oh how I laughed. Oh, needless to say, Barry had the last laugh, but anyway. Oh, good stuff. Say it again. What, what happened? <laughs> I, I, the, so for the listeners who don't know what, what I'm referencing, we, we on a message board we all posted on way back when, we did a, a sort of community voting Oscars thing where I was the quote-unquote host and I took it upon myself to video myself in a suit uh, reading oh, that was good. You were good, and 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 doing the little uh, doing the little monologues and whatnot, and yeah. chatting to a friend of mine. I think it was. I think it was. I think it was. God, was it actually just last week at OTT we were talking about it? This is actually very weird because it was. It was either that or it would have been like contenders. I think it was like it was in the last couple of weeks. Anyway, I was talking about it with someone, and I was. I was just out of curiosity. I went to see if I could find the videos. Um, and I did find them, and they're still up and everything. Um, and, but once I found them, I, I was like too embarrassed to share them, so I was like, I found them. Oh, good times, though. I yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Apart from that, not much in the way of news. I don't think. Is there? Am I forgetting anything? Did we do anything mad? She's no. not listening. She's did typing on her phone. No. <laughs> Did you have to oh, we went for steak. We went for steak. Steak and FX Buckley. And we went bowling. Well, was, I got a couple of strikes. Not going to boast about that. But, um, um, yeah, we went for steaks and FX Buckley in Temple Bar. And, uh, ooh, let me tell you, there's no finer steak in the world than there is there. Uh, also, a very expensive steak. But look. We got um. I had a, I had a fourteen ounce sirloin, 
And now Ooh. you went for now you went for a sixteen ounce T bone, which she ate, by the way. Um, yeah, hundred and two euro all in all, but we hit, we had a voucher, so a mere fifty two <laughs> pocket change. <laughs> um, that was really 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 fun. But to the point that I'm still talking about. This was like last Wednesday. Oh, that's nice. It was all I spoke about for a week in the lead up to it, and it's all I've talked about since. So good, so good. Not exactly a pre-OTT meal, but um, if you're ever in Dublin properly, it's it's for for an, a proper dinner. It's it's a very very nice nice establishment. But that was it. That was it for me. What about yourselves? Uh, funnily enough, that you mentioned it, I also went bowling in the interim since our last show. Um, How are you I'm, about? Uh, absolutely dreadful, of course. Mm. Uh, <laughs> as precisely as bad as you would think. So um, uh, I, I went up to Dublin for OTT, obviously last week, which we'll talk about in a bit. I went up a day early because me and some friends went bowling because basically it's two weeks until uh, sixteen carat in Germany. WXW tournament, and there is a bowling tournament after the show on Friday, which I've signed up for. Uh, fans, wrestlers, staff members, all kinds of people involved. There's over 100 people involved, and I was like, right, I want to get a bit of practice in just so I'm not completely wretched. I don't have to win, obviously. In fact, I almost certainly will not. Um, but I was like, I want to just you know get the rust off. I think I got the rust off, but I was still absolutely horrendous. Um, what kind of scores are we talking here? Like fifty. <laughs> Fifty's not that bad. Not I mean, I wasn't I wasn't getting consistent gutter balls, but I was not. I you know I got quite a few. You know what I mean? I I am able to I'm able to get a you know do all right. You know, but they, you know it's not super serious. But I just wanted to you know blow the cobweb. I think it has been you know literally a decade since I last bowled. So um, well we we played twice yesterday. Hmm. And I scored a ninety one and an eighty four. I think. Not bad. Respectable. Respectable scores. Um, um, so, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll update you all, you know, in about three weeks' time on how I did uh, in the in the official competition. Uh, also, before I forget to mention it, I had some nice... Uh, I don't know where the rapper's going. Oh, I threw it away already. Some nice Oreos in the week. Uh, peppermint bark Oreos. They were very what? good. What? I got them in one of those mad candy shops where they have American. Candy. Oh, not the ones where they charge nine quid for a box of. Lucky yeah, candy. one of those ones. Yeah. You, I'll have uh, some M and M's for thirty-seven euros, please. Thank you. <laughs> but I do enjoy uh, my Oreos. So anytime there's a new one, a new one that sounds nice, I'm like, well. Wow. Let me try that out. And it was very nice. It was very nice. It was similar to the, the mint ones that they sell over here. Um, but I would say it was a little bit sweeter. And and generally, the texture was a little bit cooked. Whoever's hammering on their keyboard there. Um, do you have a headset on, Joe? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if it's using my. Um... It sounds like it's coming from your computer as an internal mic. Uh, it might be. Let me adjust it. All right, carry on. Carry on as normal. Attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um. But that was yeah. 
bowling bowling's always fun. I, I kind of miss uh, when you're a kid and you go into like birthday parties and that. I, I, I definitely feel like my the regularity of my bowling trips has got, gone way down since I turned into an adult. And do you know what else? The, the place that we went to, they had also um, one of those little ball pit areas for little kids that I really want to go in. Alas, they would not allow me. <laughs> so, do you... You say the regularity of your, your bowling trip has gone down. Did you... You were a regular? Did you... No, no, no. I just mean, like, I, when I was a kid, I probably... When, oh, when you were a kid, okay. For, for birthday parties or... Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I probably went bowling, what, four or five times a year? Now, I think this is my second bowling trip in a year, but before that was probably... I went a good six or seven years without going once. You know? Okay, fair enough, right? That's right. Uh, what about you, Joe? Any any notable adventures in the week in the two weeks since we since we last did this? Well, yeah, it's been busy. Um, it was of course Valentine's Day. Um, was it last week? Last Thursday? Uh, of course, the inaugural day of the Chair Shop Podcast was Valentine's Day, twenty ten. Uh, of course, nine years later on, we were married. not busy. Obviously, we, we were free. We were free. Uh, took a night off from told told the girlfriends we were staying in to record the pilot of the next big uh, wrestling podcast. I, I actually I actually just, just stopped shagging just before we started. <laughs> I was like, well, that's I've got I've got a project to work on here. Yeah, yeah. So that's funny because I was actually wanking during it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, weren't you recording with Chris Blake? That's weird. Um, yeah, but now of course nine years on and uh, married with a wife, um, so I took her out. Went to a little Chinese restaurant called Din Tai Fun. Uh, say Chinese, more Taiwanese. Um, they did they did a lovely plate of you know the usual stuff, rice and all that, noodles. Uh, lovely fried pork chop on top, so that was good. Had that. Uh, they were meant to see a musical uh, called Waitress, which is a a hit Broadway musical, which is now transferred to the West End of London. Uh, it's just opened this month. Um, so we went and saw that. It stars Catherine McPhee, who was, I think, off American Idol. Uh, I can't remember if she won it. She was on there. She was, uh, she was very good. Also, Jack McBrayer from 30 Rock, who uh, played oh. Kenneth. He kind of yeah. turned, uh, halfway through, which Michelle was very surprised about. Because even though I told her he was in it, she claimed she didn't know he was going to be in it. So you know. anyway, uh, it, but it was very funny. It's about a kind of waitress in a small town who's working in a diner. But she also bakes pies, and she uh, it's about kind of romantic entanglements. And it was it was very fun, funny, and sweet. So quite enjoyed that. Um, so that was really good. Um, then what else have we done? We also went out. So Michelle works for a charity. I won't name them on air, but it's a. No. Quite, big charity here um and her boss was organizing a fundraiser um last week boozy bingo which is a little evening of bingo uh, in the kind of room above a pub and also boozy obviously as the name implies so a few drinks a few drinks were had um it was it was good it was raiding money for a very good charity very worthy charity only thing was um a lot of rugby people there a lot of uh, rugby club types, 
your types that would watch the kind of Six Nations. Not polo shirts. In yeah, in kind of plain shirts with their chinos and their pint of Peroni uh, <laughs> and their, their identical haircuts and girlfriends. Um, <laughs> to be honest, there was a lot of the old da, 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 that sort of uh, nonsense and uh, and all that kind of thing going on. So you know, that was that. And um, one point, man did pull his trousers down, oh, stand no. up on a chair. Um, is, what is, is Willie out or no? I mean, I'll have to tell you enough fair, but because I don't want to just getting out. This could this could finish this organisation. We got out, but um, also you'll never guess what people had to do when the number sixty nine was called out. Oh, was it was it put each other's genitals in their mouths? What it was simulating that act, Barry. Yes, uh, in order to win a special prize. So all around the room, when the number sixty nine was drawn, were people simulating uh, mutual oral sex. Uh, is, is how I can only describe it. So that was that was fun. That's um, funny because there was there was a sixty nine spot. In the OTT show we went to, maybe they were playing bingo. Maybe that's oh, the season of love, you know. That was like the seventeenth of Feb, so they were just a bit late on it. But you know, uh, that's a good point. Good point. Yeah, so that was that was fun. Um, and then today we had a bit of a lazy day. Today uh, just went for a nice sort of pub lunch just before the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very nice nice roast. I had the roast beef and shallot roast chicken. Uh, I had a had a lovely pudding. Only thing is, we had to wait twenty minutes for the pudding to come. So, a bit annoyed because it was then kick off of the football. All the football people started coming in. I had to miss the first five minutes. Arse <laughs> 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 out and all that. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, yeah. And then we watched football, and that was that was you know a good result in stressful it sounds of, of us of. Us losing all our players in the first half. So yeah, good good day. Other than that, and then did you see any? Did you see any of the Chelsea City shenanigans? No, I did. I did. Oh, didn't want to come off. I saw that. It's, yeah, sounded shite. Apart from mad, the- mad shit happening at the end of that game. Oh my yeah. goodness. I was hoping that Sarri would have come on and give him a punch or something. That would have been exciting. Mm. Alas, no punch. And uh, I guess that is uh, life golf for the week, is it? Mm. That's life. Happy Cherishot Mania 9, everyone. Happy, yeah, happy yes. You know, thanks for supporting us. We do have lots of people who only listen to this bit, so thanks for supporting. Goodbye. Uh, thanks very much have a good one folks we'll see you down the line um, alright uh, now let's move into our various other golfs bit of a quiet week here uh, uh, except for movies we've got lots of movies to talk about actually you know what let's uh, let's jump into the movies here first I think because we've got so many to get through Paul it's yeah. Oscar season I'm assuming a lot of these movies are you uh, hit me with the hit me with the rundown brother hit you with the movie stick uh, it's Oscar day the Oscars are on tonight, so but in fact, by the time you listen or hear this, they've probably already been over now. Yeah, but um, all the memes yeah. will be out, all the hilarious reaction images, um, all the the biting satire. 
Um, oh, we we love it, folks, don't we? So, obviously, every year I try and watch all the movies nominated for the bulk of the most important awards. Uh, so, since we've last podcasted, I've watched eight movies, all of them Oscar nominees, so that I could be properly informed when the big show comes around. So, I've now seen all the movies. I posted on Twitter today my, my list of what I think are the best in each category. And uh, I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, first movie I watched was a movie called Vice. So for any of these, if, if you guys have seen them, feel free to jump in as well. Uh, Vice is the Dick Cheney biopic Bye. made by Adam McKay, who made a movie that Joe and I both like very much called uh, The Big Short. Yes. Well, I, I like that movie. What the fuck's wrong with me, motherfucker? <laughs> Barry also likes it. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I didn't watch like Vice. I don't know if either of you have seen it. Um, oh, I haven't yeah. seen it. Most of the most of the, the most of what I heard wasn't pretty good, so I didn't bother. No. Um, well, Chris, most notably, Christian Bale is nominated for. Uh, best actor in leading role for Vice. Uh, but it's kind of one of those quote-unquote performances where he he just got all fat and wears prosthetics. And it seems like more and more these years uh, that's becoming the prerequisite for winning an Oscar is like, as with Gary Coleman. Uh, Gary Oldman? Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman? He played Gary Oldman. I think he might have been very, very. (laughs) 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 What what you talking about, Hitler? (laughs) The very heavily prosthetic uh, prosthetic wearing Gary Coleman. Um, Gary Oldman won Oscar last year for wearing a fat suit. Um, (laughs) Looking like Mr. Blobby. uh, Eddie Redmayne won one a few years ago for sitting in a wheelchair. and I mean, Christian Bale, you know, he got all fat. He looks like Don, um, like Dick Cheney, but he like the performance is very monotone and very one now. And I, that's not really what I look for in a good performance. No. Similarly, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Similarly, Amy Adams is nominated for Vice. Uh, she's barely in it. Anyway, you know, she's good in it, but she's not standout good. Um, but definitely a, a missable one. Um, I didn't think Vice was very funny. I didn't think it was very. Um, biting as a satire goes, it was just bland and full of bland performances. And in fact, some bad performances, like Steve Carell, turns up and does that the comedy shtick he does that doesn't really work in this kind of movie. I don't know, I thought it was quite poor. Um, I then saw Lego Movie 2, admittedly not an Oscar movie, but we, we had a cinema day, so we I saw Lego. Oh. We saw it in 4DX. This was, I think I mentioned oh, yes. on the last, last podcast we did. Uh, so, our chairs were moving around. We were getting little <laughs> punches in the back. We were... Uh, the little f- wind effects were going. Um, about half an hour in, I just thought to myself, I wish I was just watching this in a normal cinema. Yeah. Uh, you, you of all people doing it, I just I couldn't believe that. Well, the first movie we saw in 4DX, The Life of Pi, the effect was so subtle that it did kind of 
add to it. Whereas with Lego Movie, I felt Lego <laughs> Movie. I know Lego Movie. I did just feel like I was in, on a roller coaster, basically. Um, as far as the movie itself went, I thought it was all right. Um, I don't think I I was as down on it as you were, Barry. Um, but um, yeah, that being said, it was definitely not as good as the first one. The songs were good in it. I think generally I liked where the story went, although I thought it was a little bit predictable. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought I liked it more than Lego Batman, but obviously not as much as the first one. So I kind of to me that fits somewhere in the middle between the other two. Um, and yeah, I don't really know where they go from here. I think they've covered all the meta angle they can because I I think that in fact that's one thing that. I maybe wish they had kind of steered a little bit more away from in the second Lego movie is the the Lego world versus the real world because I kind of felt like they had done that pretty satisfactorily in the first one. Yeah. Um, and this one, if anything, has more of that. Um, and it's almost like, the thing is, like you couldn't not do it because that is such a big thing at the end of the film. Like, okay, that's part, that is kind of the heart of the movie, so you had to do it, but it wasn't as interesting this time around. And... It felt like the overall story, or like of the characters, the, the Lego characters, was kind of basic and straightforward. The, the meta story was like even more predictable, and the themes they were going for were pretty obvious. Like, yeah, it was. I I didn't really enjoy this at all. Uh, I thought my roommate who, who loved the first one, and he actually liked it even less than me. He really hated it. Hmm. Um, I say it was. I thought it was just really boring. It was just really, really, really boring. Um, and not very funny, and most of the, it's like <clears throat> the same sort of cast of characters uh, mostly, and, and th- there's nothing new with them. Um, they're tr- they're trying to do this like grow up char- this grow up uh, arc with Emmett. It's kind of blah. Doesn't really doesn't really spark anything in you. Um, the only pretty much the only positive I had on it was the music. I thought the music was almost all great, uh, and I, I've actually listened to the soundtrack a little bit since I. Uh, I saw it, and I, I just wish it was all in a better movie, unfortunately. Yeah, the soundtrack's definitely very good, um, and some of the songs, one in particular, really will get stuck in your head um, when you listen to it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I, th- I generally thought it was fine. Um, as I say, I was more disappointed with the Lego Batman movie because I thought that the, the joke was kind of played out within the first half hour, whereas this one, I thought generally was okay. Um, never reached the heights, obviously, of the the first one. Also, doesn't rely as much on um, clever references as the first one. This this one kind of allows the main characters more time. Well, yeah, maybe as you say, wasn't wasn't quite as funny or quite or quite as clever. Definitely not quite as clever. Um, I then watched The Wife, which is a movie with Glenn Close and Jonathan Price, and uh, actually turned out to be one of my favorite movies of the whole. Eight that I watched the last uh, two weeks. Um, so the story is that Jonathan Price is a writer uh, who gets nominated for the Nobel Prize, and he goes to Sweden to accept the award with his wife, played by Glenn Close, who gets is kind of getting increasingly um, more and more anxious with all the kind of attention and so on. And then they have like a fractured relationship with their son, who's also a writer, etc., uh, etc. Et um, uh, Glenn Close is very, very good in it. Um, I've actually picked her as my lead, best leading actress pick. I think she's amazing in it. I think Jonathan Price is as good. I'm surprised that he did not get a best 
picture or excuse me, a best actor uh, nomination. He's certainly better than um, Christian Bale. Um, certainly better than Bradley Cooper in um, *Stars Born*. And I actually really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of my favorite of the Oscar-nominated movies and probably should have got a Best Picture nomination, especially given some of the Best Picture nominees that are up there. Uh, I thought it was really, really great. Uh, I then watched The Favourite with uh, ah. Olivia Coleman and Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone. Um, I thought it looked great. I thought the performances were pretty much good to great across the board. I thought particularly good was Rachel Weiss. Uh Olivia Coleman also very good. Emma Stone also very good, but obviously not quite as good. Um the story is definitely very kind of weird. Um after all it's the same director who did um The Lobster and uh Dogtooth and various other movies like that. Um it never quite blew me away the favorite um as i said i kind of more appreciated that on a level specifically how, how it looked like visually and then also the performances i thought were great the story i was didn't really get so much into um and olivia coleman olivia coleman uh actually gave me some some david brent vibes throughout it because she's like very um <laughs> pathetic in the same way that kind of bread little, little looks she gives little reactions um also reminded me a little bit of movies where there's like a child as the king. Like if you think of like Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. I want you to do kill him. A little bit of that to it. Um, I thought Rachel Weisz was outstanding in it, and she's my pick actually for supporting actress. Um, yeah, Olivia Coleman. I see the hype as well. I thought she was excellent, and in fact, there was one point in it where she was laughing at something, and that's where I copped on that it's the same person from Hot Fuzz. But. Uh, yeah, favorite also very good. Uh, I watched a movie called At Eternity's Gate, starring Willem Dafoe as Vincent Van Gogh, and that's like a really arty, slow-moving movie. But I really enjoyed it. I thought Willem Dafoe was really great in it. Um, he'll undoubtedly not win the Oscar tonight because the competition is just so strong. But I think he was the best of the five. I think he should have. He should win the Oscar. Um, but it's just, again, a really great-looking, great, written, excellently performed movie. It also stars Oscar Isaac in, in a smaller role. Um, really, really good. If you, I don't think it's actually out in cinemas over here yet, but if you do see it come out, it's definitely worth a trip. I thought it was really excellent. And now we come to Roma. Roma, the bookie's favorite for the best picture, best director. Da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> uh, have either of you watched Roma? Nah. I've seen I've seen Roma. You've seen Roma, the Netflix exclusive. Um, the ne- yeah, the Netflix exclusive Roma. Yeah, well, it, it it got a little theatrical release, but it's on Netflix now. Um, I found the first forty five minutes almost interminable to get through. I thought it was so boring. Um, happily, because I actually I tweeted that I was finding it a bit of a slog because my mind would just wander. There was so little happening, my mind would just wander off on any other kind of topic but um it, after that point after around the 45 minute point where the um i don't know if it's a sport say when the uh like pregnancy aspect gets introduced that's that's where i kind of latched onto it a little bit more and could kind of follow uh that, that was the first 
thing that actually happened. <laughs> like the first thing in the movie. It's the first thing that happens. It's forty-five minutes into the film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I on one hand I can see where all the plots are coming from, but on the other hand, I I generally thought it was kind of bland. I thought it looked kind of boring. I thought the writing was kind of boring. The the kind of constant panning shots it has, I just got found kind of all again boring. Performances were fine, but they were again very muted, very simple performances. Um, and especially that first 30 to 45 minutes, just so, so dull. And as I mentioned with, uh, at Eternity's Gate, the previous movie I'd watched is a very slow movie, but it's like engaging, which Roma wasn't. Um, so I wasn't huge on Roma. Um, which is a shame because Alfonso Cuaron, not really a director you would associate with boring films. Um, after all, he made Gravity, Children of Men, uh, the good Harry Potter film, and then Roma. Just a... I hope it doesn't win Best Picture because um, I think there there are better films out there. Uh, didn't love it. It's not, a, it's not a strong crowd though, is it, this year, really? I didn't realize that until I actually <laughs> looked at the until I looked at the list because I haven't looked at the the list of best picture nominees until I before I started watching them all. And I looked and I went, "Oh, Black Klansman is my favorite of those movies." But I never like for one moment considered that Black Klansman would be my best picture it's pick. Like, here, yeah. You know? Um, like none of them have really knocked me away. Like the the favorite Roma, obviously the earlier was Black Panther and Black Klansman. Yeah, Black Klansman, Black I really enjoyed, but looking back, I might have slightly overrated. But all the other movies, like Bohemian Rhapsody, I kind of hated. Vice, I don't think is good at all. Um, Green Book's not that Green Book's fine, but it's a very light, fluffy movie. Um. Yeah, it's quite a poor um, list this year. Anyway, two more movies. First of them is called First Reformed, starring Ethan Hawke, who definitely should have got an Oscar nom for his performance. Uh, as it is, it's nominated for, uh, I think, original screenplay. Um, it's a story of a, uh, a priest who starts going through kind of a, an existential crisis as he gets involved in with this uh, couple who are expecting a baby, but the husband is this kind of extreme environmentalist who doesn't want to bring a baby into the world where all the, you know, global warming is happening and this and that. And uh, this case and then other external factors that are going on in his life start Ethan Hawke to question his own faith and the way of the world. And it gets more and more and more extreme, almost to the point that there's like, horror aspects to it and that's when i started watching it, i was wondering like the, the the tone of it was that little bit weird a little bit eerie where i was thinking to myself is this gonna is this gonna be like a horror film same way when i first played gone home i had that weird feeling about it um because i went into first of all pretty much knowing nothing about it um but it's a very very good movie and again if it was in the best picture list i might even go for that to be my favorite of them but it, unfortunately it's not nominated for best picture um but definitely worth a watch if you haven't checked it out uh, already it's really really excellent and ethan hawk is excellent as he usually is and then the last movie the one i kept for last if beale street could talk barry jenkins follow up to moonlight 
Mm. Um, I thought it was good. Um, I didn't find it quite as engaging as Moonlight. And of course, it's going to suffer in comparisons to Moonlight, which is like one of the best movies of the decade. But um, I thought all the characters were very well written, well presented. I really liked the way it was shot. Um, And generally, I thought it was very, very good. If I was to kind of criticize anything, I would just say that the film doesn't have quite as much going on as Moonlight. I don't know that's necessarily slower, but it just doesn't doesn't have those kind of emotional peaks that Moonlight did. It's just generally kind of a flatter movie, but it was still very good. But yeah. I, I didn't love it like I loved Moonlight. I, I I felt the same. I more or less the same way. Um, it's obviously good. I I just thought it was very very slow. Um, uh, not, not even this. I don't even know if this slow is really the word. I, I think it was paced very odd. Uh, like there's the the sequence um, in sort of the middle where um, I can't remember the character's name, but uh, Brian Tyree Henry's character, the the old friend basically who just got out of jail. Yeah, you know that's yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. that kind of. It's a good scene. I like Brian uh, Tyree Henry a lot. It just kind of kills the momentum of the film dead. It's just, it, it, you know what I mean? It's like, it's it, just, it, it does go kind of, on. It goes on and on. And then, and there's another scene where they're just sitting in the house. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, the, it's like that and, and, um, uh, a couple of other scenes. It's like, you've got the high drama early on, um, with the the family dynamic dealing with the pregnancy and stuff like that. And then, well, that was my favorite scene in the movie. Exactly, same, same as myself. I mean, it, it, that, but that's, but again, it, it is kind of, I think, I don't know if this is like a stylistic thing for Barry Jenkins, because I think this is also true of Moonlight as well. It's, it's less about, um, there's, there's not a lot of like, um, we have to accomplish this goal in this story. That's not what his stories are about. They are character pieces. And whereas Moonlight, I think, worked as a character piece. I don't know. I think I just went into this, like, the the premise of the film is this woman is trying to get her 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 um incarcerated lover um exonerated basically and she's pregnant and she's kind of got this ticking clock basically but the movie isn't really about her pursuit of getting him out it, it, the movie is more this is here's the that, that's the situation they're in but here's here's what these characters are and here's who these people are and it's more kind of a study of them than than any kind of uh you know, courtroom drama or anything like that. Like, that's just not the kind of movie he makes. And that's fine. But for whatever reason, I just thought it, it was um, a bit more of a, of a drag to get through. Um, but still very entertaining in in, in, um, in a lot of ways and, and a great cast. And it looks, it just looks phenomenal. And, and, and his movies aren't like this and Moonlight. They're not like overly like, um, what's the word? Because I, I, I don't want to use the word basic, but there, he, 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 there's not any kind of crazy shots or, or you know, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, Mandy. It's not that kind of good looking film. It's, mm. it's, it, these films just look, they look very kind of effortless, effortless, uh, effort, effortlessly beautiful films is probably the phrase I'm looking there. Um, but I was, I, I think I couldn't help but be disappointed by it overall, unfortunately. Mm. No, I don't think I was disappointed by it. I think I, you know, I liked it a lot on its own merit. I think it's just naturally. Not as good as Moonlight, and I think the reason, some one of the reasons why it kind of looks so good is it, it's it's often quite kind of dimly lit, um, which makes the colors kind of I don't know pop a little, not 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 pop a little bit more again in the sense of something like Mandy, but it just has this kind of old mahogany feel to it, you know. 
and uh, and there was a lot of focus on characters' faces in the movie. Like there was a lot of um, like profile shots, and then also kind of straight on shots, like close up to people's faces. And again, a lot of good acting uh, on on show there as well, and uh, a lot of impossibly beautiful people in this movie, which doesn't hurt either yeah. when you talk about a nice looking movie. Um, yeah, very very good. Not as good as Moonlight, admittedly, but. No, not much stuff is as good as Moonlight, so I don't know if that's, that's fair. Like, impossible to follow, in a way. Yeah. Well, that's all the movies I watched. What about you guys? What else have we seen? Uh, I'm looking here. Uh, anything else I've covered? Uh, the only other thing I watched since the last time we did the show that we haven't already discussed is I watched Happy Death Day to You, which is the sequel to Happy Death Day, obviously. Um... I liked Happy Death Day 1 quite a bit. I thought it was a, a pleasant surprise. It was kind of a horror comedy twist on the old uh, uh, Groundhog Day idea. Um, I didn't really want a sequel. I didn't think there was really much cause for one. And that is certainly the case after now having watched it. It was a, a, a pretty disappointing uh, uh, film where they they tried some stuff to make it not feel like exactly the same film. But my ultimate takeaway was that felt like exactly the same film with uh, less of a budget, less, you know, no clever ideas to really elevate it above the premise of the first one. Um, uh, and when I say less of a budget, just lots of really bad CGI in this uh, a really basic script uh, that's full of a lot of holes. I uh, really felt churned out to the level it's almost like a surprise. It, it felt very straight to DVD. Um, and yeah, so I kind of felt like they'll probably keep knocking these out. I'd imagine every few years, maybe, maybe they become straight to VOD things, but a bit of a bummer, but, uh, Hey, you know, if you ever see the, if you ever see the original movie, like in CEX or something, pick it up. Cause that's actually uh, a little bit of a, an underrated gem, but, uh, no, nothing, nothing to that sequel at all. So, uh, and that was it for me for movies. Uh, I just watched a couple. So I watched, uh, the sting, the, the uh, classic, uh, Robert Redford, Paul Newman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. It's classic. They're both great. Not a lot to say about it. It's, you know, one of the best movie, movies of all time, probably. Um, so it's good. Oh. Also watched a movie. It's might have been a bit overlooked. I don't think we've ever mentioned it before. It's called Thoroughbreds. Um, so it's about a uh, two kind of young women who are friends and have this very kind of strange relationship. And one of them is supposed to be a bit of a psychopath and the other one has a kind of slightly arrogant, slightly abusive uh, stepfather. Um, I don't think it really stars kind of anyone of note except for Anton Yelchin. This was actually his last ever film. Um, but it was it was really, really good. At first I was kind of thought it was a bit on the nose, but then as it goes on, you kind of start to understand uh sort of why the characters are portrayed as they are and, and why they speak like they they do so uh, yeah really interesting films and really kind of really 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 good inventive kind of scenes as well so i would recommend giving that a watch thoroughbreds uh it's it's out on about it came out last year i think so uh, yeah it's good good do we so... want to do any oscar predictions is that what you're going to do yeah, well, I, I'll give you my picks, and then I suppose we could do predictions as well. Should we just run through the big, the big five or six? Whatever? Yeah, we can do. Uh, well, yeah, the big six would be picture, director, actor, actress, 
supporting actor and supporting actress. Let me give you for the other three my picks though. Uh, best an- best animated feature, Spider Verse for me was the best yeah. of the nominees. Uh, best adapted screenplay, I've gone Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the Coen Brothers. I think that was the best screenplay of the five nominated there. And best original screenplay, I've gone for the favorite. Okay. Great. So let's go best uh, actor, maybe. Uh, best actor, the five nominees are Christian Bale. Uh, Vigo, Christian Bale for Vice, Viggo Mortensen for Green Book, uh, Remy Malik for Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Brad, Bradley Cooper, Star is Born, and Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate. Now, Willem Dafoe, for me, by far, was my favourite. But, mm. is anyone going to stop Malik here? Oh, God, I don't know. I, yeah, I think he'll win. I think it win. It's it's weird because I I'm kind of conflicted on it because I think he was good, but I don't think he was good in the sense of you know imper- not impersonating, but encapsulating Freddie Mercury's essence. You know, I think I think he might win this, but uh, I will say of the big awards, it'll probably be the only one they get. I think I know everyone's dreading the idea that they might win best. Um, this film, I don't think. I don't think they will. I think. I think there's enough kickback on it that they won't. Um, okay. I'd say, I'd say, yeah. I mean, yeah. He kind of he, he jumps out as the one that they they'd be most likely to pick, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, best supporting actor. Then we have Sam Rockwell, Vice, where he's uh, George W. Uh, oh, really? SNL, SNL skit George W. Bush. Um, you have Sam Elliott for Star Is Born. He's in it for about a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Driver, Black Klansman, uh, Richard E. Grant, Can You Forgive Me, and Mahershala Ali, Green Book. Uh, Mahershala Ali, for me here, a mile ahead of the rest, even though Richard uh, E. Grant was also good. Yeah, I haven't seen the ones I would say are, are most likely to, to, to nab it. Uh, Green Book and uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me. Uh, but yeah, as you said, Star is Born. I mean, yeah, that's that's a minute. Uh, what, what, uh, Adam Driver, I did not think... Nothing, I didn't nothing think it was that good in Black Lives Matter. Yeah, it? He, it did nothing in that movie. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with it. Not, not, any, kind, not any kind of notable performance at all, I don't think. Yeah, so I think Marshall Ali is a kind of a shoe-in for that one, as I do think Rami Malek is probably going to win for Best Actor. Yeah. Um, I'd say Richard E. Grant or Sam Elliott is, a, is an upset. Yeah. In fact, for Best Actor, I would nearly prefer... Remy Malik to win than Christian Bale. For the reasons that I gave earlier about prosthetics and fat suits. Yeah, yeah. Just you want to get away from the um the pretense although, the tra- although, although, movie Remy, gets. although Remy Malik with the big fake teeth. So Well that's that's fine. That's fine. It's better than the oh he he put on a voice and he, he wore a fat suit and he played some racist politician. From from the nineteen Dickasy two. Best actress then we have Yalitza Apparicio in Roma, who played the uh, Cleo, the main character. Uh, Glenn Close in The Wife, Olivia Coleman, the favorite, Lady Gaga, A Star Is Born, and Melissa McCarthy. Can you ever forgive me? Uh, for me, Glenn Close was by far the best. I think. It's really going to be between Coleman and, and Gaga. I think they were both very good. 
I like I that guy a lot in that movie. Me too. I think Coleman has the hype train behind her, though. I think she'll probably win it. But um, seriously, if you get a ch- if you get a chance to see the wife, go see it. Glenn Close is incredible in it. She might be a little black black horse nomination there, or winner, I should say. She already nominated. Uh, best supporting actress: Amy Adams in Vice, uh, Mar- <laughs> Marina de Tavira in Roma. She was, I think, the mother in Roma. Uh, Regina King, Beale Street Could Talk, Emma Stone, the favorite, Rachel Weiss, the favorite. Uh, again, for me, Rachel Weiss, I think. Mm. I don't really, uh, I, I haven't seen enough of these to really comment, unfortunately. Yeah, I've only seen Roma and I don't, I didn't even know that actress. Played. I don't think that <laughs> performance was. I mean, she, she was okay. Amy Adams, same. She wasn't in it much. Uh, I think yeah, I think it'll be one of the favorites. I think it'll be Emma Stone or Rachel Weisz. I think Rachel Weisz was a stronger of the two performances in that. Uh, best director: Alfonso Cuarón for Roma, Spike Lee, Black Klansman, Adam McKay for Vice, Pavel Pavlikovsky for Cold War, and Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite. I've gone for the Greek director of The Favorite. I think he's. Mm. Okay. I think, I think it'll be between himself and Quaron for Roma. Yeah, I think of that. I but, think, uh, yeah, that movie was such a director's movie that you can almost see Quaron getting it. But yeah. uh, also, give it Spike Lee, for God's sake. Come on. He's earning it. This could be his Scorsese sort of win. Especially because, like, like Black Landsman, it's just, it's got, it's such a Spike Lee movie. I mean, ending with the montage the way it does, it's so him. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. As Paul said, you know, running down the best picture nominations, there's, there's just something about Black Klansman being nominated all these times. Like, it's just to me, it's just a solid four star movie. I just really don't. It's very weird to me. I just, I, I'm kind of surprised it's gotten the, the level that it has um, of praise. Well, then, sp- speaking of best picture, Black Klansman, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book. Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Probably the lowest average score uh, best picture field I've ever seen. Yeah. I think the highest I gave any of these films is like an 8. Hmm. I've gone Black Klansman just because I don't think any of the others are that good i mean it, undoubtedly it'll be the favorite or roma please god not bohemian rhapsody or vice stars stars born i was kind of i i in fact i in fact still have money on a stars born to win i don't think it's gonna happen though um yeah again black, out of those black clansmen but it wasn't i thought it was very good one of my favorites of the year but best picture it's funny because last year, uh, Shape of Water won, and I, I was kind of like, forgot about that. Holy shit! I was like, eh, it was fine, you know. If that movie was nominated this year, I would say, yeah, that's probably the best one. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of field of it. I've gone Black Clansman anyway, but I think it'll, pro- it'll probably be the favorite of Roma, and of those two, I'd prefer it to be the favorite. For sure, we'll see. So there's your Oscar rundown for this year so let's see next week who won or in the morning i suppose 
Yeah, well, we'll be back. We'll be back next week talking about the the, the winners and the losers. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a hefty serving of movie guff for you there. We don't have too much else in the in the guff uh, uh, um, department. Uh, Telly guff. I'm not sure if I mentioned this uh, last time I was on the show. I started watching Sex Education, uh, enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, very funny. I think I did. I actually I did mention it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still watching that. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um, I hope to finish that soon. Uh, also, uh, Desus and Barrow was back on TV this week uh, on Showtime, which I enjoyed a hell of a lot. Um, I was a bit weirded out. They have a studio audience now. I wasn't sure if I'd be into that. Uh, but and I was like, when when I saw a clip of that with the studio, I was like, oh no, is this going to be different? Um, and it is a bit different, but the format of the show is more or less the same. They they riff on topical news stories, and then they have an, an interview with a special guest, and that's it. Um, they had one uh, sort of pre-taped skit, which is not something they had on the Viceland show, but it was also hilarious. I enjoyed it a lot. They did a parody a parody trailer for the Green Book, which I actually thought was very very entertaining. Um, and the special guest this week was uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, which I enjoyed quite a lot. Um, so yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, I recommended that show a lot when it was on uh, Viceland. It's on Showtime now. So if you're in the States and you have Showtime, I think it's every Thursday night. So it's a once a week thing now, which is a bit of a bummer. But, but yeah, so thumbs up on that and thumbs up on uh, sex education as well. Uh, any other telly? I don't see any other telly for you lads here on the, on the, on the, the rundown. Or should we move uh, on? None for me, but now that I've watched all my Oscar movies, I'm going to get back to watching Nirvana, the band show. That's yes. a very funny show. That's a very funny show. People need to get on it. It's on Channel 4's on-demand service as well. Oh, is it really? Yeah. So you can watch they, it for free on there. They just got a whole load of new stuff on that um, that service, and including the Eric Andre show, which I've wanted to watch in full for for years. So I, I want to get on that. Um, but yeah, I'll, I will. I will add that. I will add that to my list. Right. That's all. Uh, in terms of music, by the way, I've been doing a little bit of. Uh, add into my Spotify because I have since I started using Spotify noticed that there's a lot of music that I enjoy what isn't on Spotify oh hello but Spotify does allow you to essentially add songs to your Spotify as long as you can have them locally on your device so I have on the PC where I used to have my iTunes library stored I've kept my iTunes library despite despite not using it for over a year and a half since my iPod Classic bit the dust. Uh, I took those few little albums, added them to my local files, and that allows you to download them through Spotify to your phone. Um, I now have a phone which has a 32 gig storage, so there's no problem there. And now I can listen to them on my Spotify whenever I want. And it's great. Whee! Yeah, so... Rather than go and tweet in your bands going, why is this not on Spotify? Add himself. Even some live bootlegs in there. Oh, don't mind if I do. <laughs> so that's great. I, I, I really enjoy that functionality of Spotify. That if there's something that's missing, because like fair enough, I can listen to it in the you know Google Music app or whatever, but it's it's I much prefer to have like a centralized place where I can just listen to my music and now it's there and I can listen to it whenever I want it's great uh, and in terms of video games I'm back on the Red Dead Redemption 2 as promised uh, I, in fact I, yeah I just started it again because I had played the first like half an hour 
um, <laughs> two months ago. Uh, and then we said, then Natty got his Pokemon, so just played that, and then never went back to Reddit. So I figured, I might, since I'm so close to the start anyway, I might as well just replay that first half hour so that I'm, I'm caught up with how to play and so on. So I'm nearly at the end of chapter one, in fact. Um, really enjoying it. I think it's great. Um, so hopefully I'll have a, I'll be halfway, in, like, made, made good progress into chapter two by the next time. Um, I also started playing Zelda Minish Cap after um, the Nintendo Direct there, where they revealed oh, that Link's yeah. Awakening has come to the Switch uh, this year. Uh, one of the best art styles I've ever seen for a video game. I think it looks incredible. Um, but that got me a little, you know, little old school Zelda itch going. So I've I've dived into, um, as I say, uh, Minish Cap, which was a Capcom developed game released for the Game Boy Advance. <clears throat> and uh, I have, my, as I mentioned previously as well, my Super Nintendo Classic. I have modded so I can add Game Boy Advance games to it. Oh, I'm currently great. playing it on that. And it looks and plays great. Mm. Uh, so they're the two games I'm playing at the moment. Um, also, uh, played some FIFA with my... Trying to work out what the connection actually is. The Natty's sister's husband beat him twice on the old FIFA. <laughs> Ooh, made myself look real good at the FIFA there. <laughs> um, I was like, I'm defending this part of the family. That was good. Uh, that's all the video games I've been playing lately. I was, oh, I also watched some Father Ted, speaking of Teddy Guff. Watch an episode two of Father Ted. I always because my Father Ted DVD box set is down in my parents' house, so whenever we're down, episode or two before bed. And that's it. Alrighty. Uh, so I guess we can move on to the Wrestle Goff uh, this week. Uh, who has watched anything from Elimination Chamber? I've just watched the Men's Chamber. Uh, I watched the women's, the men's, and the um, the Rousey match as well. Okay. Uh, what did you make of the women's chamber? Uh, I thought it was very entertaining, actually. Um, you know, not sort of perfectly executed, but the story was kind of good with, you know, Nia and Tamina Cup being the, you know, the big giants and... Uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce being the, the cowardly ones hiding and everything, and then eventually, you know, Bader and Sasha overcoming the odds and then winning. It was it was pretty good, enjoyable. <laughs> um, the Rousey match I heard was like sixty seconds or something, was it? Or not sixty seconds? It was like a couple of minutes. It was a couple of minutes. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't much to it. It was really the angle afterwards where Charlotte comes out and then. Becky comes out through the crowd on a on a crutches and <laughs> makes a real kind of show of getting in the ring. I don't. Is she supposed to have a twisted ankle or what? I can't remember what the injury is, but like you'd have thought a like leg, a, a knee injury. It's the knee injury from the rumble. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so she gets in the ring and then absolutely goes mental, like mentally mental with the the um the crutches walloping. She. Busted open Rousey's head. She was walloping Charlotte all over the arms and legs, bruising her up. It was, it was quite the quite the vicious attack. Um, so it was good. Can, can we can we talk very quickly about the um, 
the angle on the Raw prior where they announced that Charlotte was in the WrestleMania match instead of Becky, and Becky was suspended by Vince McMahon. Yeah. Because yeah. um, a lot of people were upset about that. But there was one one thing they did that I was particularly upset about. Go on. Which was where the whole show, they were saying, will, will Becky Lynch apologize? And then she was like talking backstage to people. And they were like, well, Becky, I think you should probably say sorry. And then Becky Lynch came out and said sorry. And then she was like, oh, man, they made it look so dumb. Good Lord. Isn't that like in, in your booking the anti-hero babyface 101 that they don't fucking apologize to the authority? Yeah. Oh, dear me. Like, whatever about the Charlotte thing. In fact, the, the Charlotte being put into the main event reminded me of, like, classic old-school 90s booking, you know? Mm. Uh, so, like, that I actually had no problem with. But, oh, they made Becky look so pathetic. Oh, the opposite of what they're supposed to be doing. Oh, well. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm sorry I didn't beat your ass sooner or something. They didn't do that. She just said, if that's what it'll take, I'm sorry. That was it. Ugh. And then old fucking hundred year old Vince McMahon come out. Don't ever have him on TV anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they need to recast Vince McMahon, I think. He's starting to look like Mae Young. Oh, oh God. Oh, just God. Just dangling titties. Oh, the big flappers. No. So, uh, I thought the men's match was, was excellent. The um, the continuing Kofi Kingston story, the uh, improbable dream, and all that. Um, really enjoyed it. I Actually, I, I thought the whole match was great. I, I, I think the Elimination Chamber, uh, as a match, can be excellent with the right people in there, and these were the right people. Um. Yeah, thought it was it was really good. I don't have a whole lot to say about it uh, beyond that. Uh, just really enjoyed it, and I thought I thought Brian winning was the right call. I don't know. I I wouldn't be opposed to them doing a, a Kofi match at WrestleMania, um, but I, I definitely don't think he should have won here. But but the the fact that they had the crowd believe and that he could, I thought was great. This is one of those um, moments where I nearly think like just put the belt on. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. I have no problem with that. You know, um, when something organically catches on, that that doesn't happen that frequently, you know? And fair enough if it's only even for a month bump, you know? Like, I, I know at the same time, you sometimes have something catch on, but it's really, the you know, the flavor of the month. Like, I don't know, Heal Our Truth in 2012. Like, obviously, they they weren't have long-term plans to build a company around Our Truth or anything. But when something, or Christian in 2005, like, but when something catches on, even for that month, yeah, just go with it sometimes. And sure, what's the worst that can happen? Like this, you, you can always take take title off from uh, the fast lane and blah blah blah. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, cause, I mean Brian AJ. I assume that's the match. Um, yeah, I guess so. Not, not particularly excited, you know, that we've seen it. Obviously, they're both great, but. Is that an exciting story? I don't know. And it hasn't even it wasn't even that great the last time we got it either, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard uh, whispers of Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens as a direction that might be going in these back as well. Yeah. Which again, again, I'm like, eh, will that really be that good? 
I'm I'm not convinced. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they must be. I assume since they're bringing him back this close to Mania that they have a, they have something of a plan for Owens. Um, yeah. And I guess, and I guess, um, uh, he's a face. I get, I get a face vibe off those vignettes. I don't know if you've watched the vignettes, but they're kind of, they're almost like his old little uh, weekend escapades vignettes he used to do on YouTube. He's kind of just messing around with his his kid. He's at bowling. He's just kind of chatting. You know, he, he certainly doesn't come uh, off like a heel. That's weird because I didn't see him where I was. What bowling? Oh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, I love that reaction. <laughs> um, yeah, so so we'll see. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Elimination Chamber, really. Obviously, none of us kind of sat down and watched the whole thing. Could you imagine that? <laughs> um, let's jump into the news here a little bit. We got a, we got a, a, lot, of, a lot of the old wrestling news. Um, uh, it appears a, a bit of a shake-up going on in the company. Uh, we had a lot of NXT call-ups on Raw this past week, uh, and mm. uh, they actually wrestled on SmackDown as well. It, it appears they are not officially, you know, assigned to a brand yet. I always hate when WWE does this when they start getting wishy-washy with the with the brand. It's funny because the that. last batch of NXT people they called up, I don't feel like it properly appeared yet. The EC3 class. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, he's there, but they're not really doing anything with him. And Lacey Evans is, like, really struggling. And, you know, but but anyway. So, so yeah, we had uh, Gargano, Ciampa, Ricochet, and Aleister Black, uh, who all had matches. I, you know, they were they came out strong. They all looked good in their, in their, in their debuts. Um, but it is interesting that there's uh, apparently... Uh, this this was a Vince McMahon directive. He said, "I want the four top guys." Basically, uh, wrestling wise, I want the four top guys in there because we need some better wrestling on the show. Um, that's obviously a far cry from having plans in place for these people. Basically, saying I just kind of want them, uh, and that goes hand in hand with the rumor that um, uh, they don't have a WrestleMania card uh, uh, for for the show yet. Uh, and also with the, the story that apparently Raw was being rewritten into the second hour uh, on Monday uh, because they originally wanted to do Finn Balor versus Ricochet and then Triple H nixed that idea because he didn't like the idea of them debuting Ricochet that way and all this other stuff. So things are up in the heat, but they're throwing talent at us. Well, I'm happy uh, the McMahons came out that one time and said, well, Raw's been shit lately, so we're really going to change it now. Got rid of the got rid of the general managers because that was really the problem that they had general managers. But what they need is uh, more talent on Raw because they've only got about uh, forty five different wrestlers on the show at the moment. So <laughs> I think just a few more, and then they can. Well, do to be fair, to be fair to the guys who were brought up, it's a hell of an opportunity for them to put the shine be, on. You know, be completely forgotten <laughs> within a month. Yeah. Well. Again, they, one of them might have their own Kofi Kingston moment where they catch on organically, you know? Well, well, yeah. <laughs> in 2029. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Elimination Chamber match. Go on, Johnny Gargano. But, uh, yeah, so obviously watch this space for that. Um, uh, let me see here. 
what was the uh, what else news you got? Okay, so there have been some cuts from WWE, which which were interesting. Uh, Ty Dillinger publicly posted as the rumor came out that he asked for his release, which was interesting. I think he, he perhaps was trying to force their hand. Um, uh, so he got his release. Uh, Hideo Itami, which I think we talked about a few weeks ago, that was made official. He's officially released. And TJP is released, which doesn't seem like anyone really gave a shit about. Um, back, back to living in his car. But, <laughs> well, I don't imagine so. I, I imagine there's probably a cushy deal waiting for him somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I don't think any massive losses there. After all that time in developmental Ty Dillinger, they just had nothing. They had nothing for him. Uh, you know, even him being called up felt like a a pity call up. To be honest. Yeah, I love it if they gave him a ten day release. No, no compete clause. Uh, yeah, no, no compete. Um, yeah, I don't know, but at the same time, well, I, well, I think it's crazy that, that he was there for 10 years and they, they couldn't come up with anything for him. I, I don't know that I would have been rushing to use him anyway on SmackDown. It's not like he's, you know, amazing. No. <laughs> and although the, the, the 10 gimmick got over to an extent in NXT, it never really had any substance to it, you know? It wasn't like the yes thing with fucking Brian Danielson behind it. Mm, no, no, no. Yeah, it was kind of goofy. His entrance was goofy. His fucking tent thing was goofy. Yeah, he was a goofball. Uh, he was. Uh, TJP, uh, another one that is just like they were obviously not going to do anything with him. It's crazy to think the level they got behind him with the with the cruiserweight classic, yeah. but also. The, the the top guys in that tournament didn't sign contracts, so I think he got more lucky than anything else. Um, and I think, uh, as talented as he is, a combination of the the division being so cold and him famously mm-hmm. not being an easy person to deal with, I mean, it was just never going to work. Uh, have you seen his shows what they should do though when they get behind someone like at that tournament because he was hot coming out of that, and then going into it, I was it was kind of a bit of an afterthought. Um. But he was really hot coming out of it because they, they got yeah. behind him, but they just then it all kind of fizzles out. Well, I seem to remember that you know he did the kind of he came off him more or less immediately after the, the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, yeah, I don't remember him kind of being on top of that division very long. Um, like, well, yeah, and with, like, Brian, Brian Kendrick, Kendrick. yeah, yeah. Nah, so maybe that's like maybe Dan, they, Brian, Dan Bryan getting Kane first left. Yeah. Maybe it soured on him straight away. Maybe his attitude was wrong. So, but anyway, yeah. Enjoy AEW. A lot of people going to AEW. They're going to have a bigger roster than Raw this week. Yeah. Uh, of these ones, I would say Hideo won't bother. I, I assume Perkins yeah. probably will. Um, mm. Because TJP was an indie boy for the longest time. He has all those connections. I'm sure they'll take him in. Uh, let me see here. Uh, WWE have announced that Roman Reigns will be at Raw to give an update on his health, which a lot of people have you know, assumed is good news. I would imagine so as well. Uh, there was also a, a fitness instructor on Instagram posted a picture with him, said he was training with him to get him back for his in-ring comeback. So, uh, mm. yeah, hoping for good news on Monday. 
So either he's in remission, which is which would be wonderful, or he's trying to get one more match in before he goes to the old heaven. <laughs> the old heaven. Is that the stipulation for the match? You think? Lose or leave? Lose or leave? Earth. <laughs> oh god! Roman Reigns against Vince McMahon. <laughs> god. Oh god, that's so. Good. Anyway, hopefully Roman is. I mean, I'm guessing by the way that they've organised that he's healthy and he'll be back. You'd think so, yeah. Back for WrestleMania. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I don't imagine they'd be building it up if it was bad news. <laughs> if he was like, I have to have a loser leaves Earth match. Do you think they're going to add him to the main event again for the fifth year in a row? Him uh, versus, uh, versus Charlotte. <laughs> uh, oh, that would be amazing. The perfect main events. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know what what he does. Yeah, because there's not really a ready-made feud for him. Uh, but uh, you know, I think I think I think he'd be fine. Whatever, whatever he does, he can. They, he could, can do, make... they could do Ray and Cena. I suppose. He oh. what, that, Roman versus Cena. Yes. Hmm. Just as a big attraction match, you know, in the, in the vein of your Cena Rock, your admittedly not as big, but both going in so cold as they are now. And also, just John Cena want to wrestle a guy who's just come back from leukemia. It's going to be the massive hero. Not so sure. Let's see. Let's see. In other news, Arn Anderson got the elbow as well. Yeah, he got the chop. Uh, some unspecified incident at a house show, apparently. So I can only assume he's a diddler. <laughs> <laughs> that would be if that was it. Calling it an incident at a house show would be the weirdest way to to phrase it. Because <laughs> when you think incident at a house show, it's like. Uh... Uh, Jimmy Uso went two minutes over his match, Aaron. I'm afraid I'm going to have to cut you. Uh, it's, not, it's not like I walked in on you fucking uh, like shagging. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> okay. No, not the spine buster. <laughs> And he just rolls away afterwards. <laughs> no. Oh, why is this done me in? Oh, I don't know. Any... Four fingers up. Mm. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, we don't actually know what happened. Apparently, he was not, not disliked. He was obviously liked by a lot of the talent. Apparently, he was at odds with Vince quite a bit. And... Kind of got the vibe that this is a straw that broke the camel's back thing. So there you go. Anyway, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be fine. He's been in the wrestling business his whole life, and he's about a hundred years old. So, um, yeah. Uh, Joe, you watched All In finally? Yeah, I finally thought you know with AEW coming soon, I should catch up with All In because I didn't watch it at the time. Um, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't. There was no kind of 
big standout match that I loved, but every, I say most of the matches were pretty good to kind of, you know, good or above average. Um, kind of enjoyed the Cody Rhodes, uh, Nick Aldis match for the title with the kind of the camps like DDP and Jeff Jarrett coming out. That came, felt, felt pretty cool. They gave it the, the big sell. Um, I even kind of enjoyed the, the sillier moments. I think other people didn't like. So the, the penis druids, for example, um, which I know not a lot of people slagged off, but I actually thought it was kind of funny in the context of the storyline uh, of Adam Page killing Joey Ryan and then the, you know, the penis druids <laughs> bringing him back out and everything. That was kind of funny. Um, enjoyed the Chris Jericho debut as, or return as Pentagon. I thought that was really, really well done and, and really, really good. Um, and even though the show kind of clearly overrun and they had to sort of rush the main event, actually kind of liked that as well because it gave it a bit of a more organic kind of feel like oh this is live you know anything can happen which you don't often get with wwe um tv especially it's all very very tightly scripted and edited and so yeah i liked it, it was good production and you know if the AEW is kind of as good as this then um i'll certainly look forward to watching it and it was um well did you have a particular standout match Nah, <laughs> they're all they're all good. I I was a bit disappointed with the Kenny Omega Pentagon match. Really? Well, I, I don't know. I just I never get on with the Kenny Omega matches. I don't know what yeah. it is. It's not for me. I like um, I like that a whole lot, but I can kind of see it. It, it is kind of the proto minus the comedy. It's kind of the prototypical Kennedy match. So yeah, if it's if it's not your bag, that one's not going to be your bag. Yeah, and the main event was great. I did enjoy that. The uh, six yeah. time. And like the time getting caught from that obviously sucks, but it's like it, when you boil a match like that down to a sprint in ten minutes, it's actually kind of great sometimes. Yeah, makes it even better in a way. In a way, yeah. So yeah. That, that, that's kind of why I'm generally kind of positive on AEW. I'm just like, oh, look for all their failings. I'm not really into most of those guys as individuals. I'm not into mm. their comedy. I'm not into being the elite. But I'm like, that show was good. I'm into it. Let's just fucking go with it. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah, AEW was good. Uh, speaking of, of the old independent wrestling, Paul, you and I ventured out to the uh, the back of beyonds um, uh, of, of a little place called uh, Tala. Uh, mm-hmm. this, this day last week for OTT Homecoming 2 in the National Basketball Arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, first things first, Paul, what did you make of the venue and the setup and the new, uh, the new uh, uh, stomping grounds for OTT? Uh, yeah, a couple of pluses and minuses on it, I would say. Uh, generally, I thought the inside venue was great. Uh, great sight lines. We were in the stalls, but had a great view of everything that went on. Uh, less great standing outside in the cold for a good hour and a half. Um, weirdly, they didn't start letting the stalls people in until 5.30ish, when doors were allegedly at 5. So we showed up way too early. And it was fucking freezing. So it was freezing. It was supposed to be a nice weekend. It was okay in the in Dublin City in Tala. It was not nice. It was. Um, so I only learned this. I think we were in the queue looking at our tickets. There was priority entry for for uh, floor people. Um, yeah, but that started uh, at around four thirty. No, 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 no. That was meet and greet. Meet and greet was 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 four thirty. Uh, right. Uh, and they didn't they didn't specify a time. I think this is why none of us knew. Like, obviously, we bought these tickets a month ago or or whatever it was, because um, it didn't. It's not you know. 
it wasn't floor seat and priority entry. It was just called floor seat. And then in the terms and conditions, it said this seat has priority entry. So, and, and on top of everything else, I think doors opened a bit late, as slightly later, not massively later, but that's just slightly later. Um, so, so that that's what that was. So, yeah, not great. I I thought it looked. I thought just in terms of how it looked when I first walked in, and I I've also watched the VOD back. I just thought it looked so big league. I really thought it looked fantastic. The production was top notch. Um, OTT always surprised me with that. Like I always forget, and obviously we're back to the national stadium next month. That's another one where they always just floor me. It's just they have, they have such a great setup for production. They have, or whoever the people they use or or whatever, uh, they just they really nail it. Um, so I like that. I thought the sight lines were were really great, as you mentioned. Um, I did I did not appreciate the the, the trekking out to uh, to Tala. That 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 was a negative for me. Um, well, I didn't I was, mind the trekking out. The trekking home. Took me two and a half hours to get home. It would I could have walked in, in two and a half hours. Yeah, it was. But that, a, that's not the fault of OTT, though. Do you know? It's not. And, and, and as we've talked about a lot on the show, they have a venue crisis. It's not something. I don't think they ever would have considered running this venue if not for the current difficulties they're facing. Mm-hmm. Um, because the the capacity here, the the company, the the company line was this was this was one thousand five hundred people. So I'm assuming that that's what they set it up for, and it, it looked damn near close to a sellout. You could have counted the empty seats on about two hands. I, I would have thought. Um, uh, so. Uh, realistically, I'd say it was between one two and one five. I would say, which is great. But realistically, if they're going to run a venue that size, they can just run the stadium. You know what I mean? I think they, they you know, the, I think them running this building is um, was circumstantial for sure. But um, I can't, I don't know how best to you know any comparisons that come to mind. But Tala, it was a solid twenty twenty five minute cab ride uh, out of uh, Dublin city centre. Um, I think the cab out was thirty quid, um, which I was with a group. Uh, we got a big uh, uh, people carrier, so there was a, uh, five of us. So not not expensive at all if you're with a group, but you know not everyone is with a group. Uh, and also, I know there were people over from the UK coming over for this show, and 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 it's a lot harder to get to Tala than it is to get to the Tivoli. You know what I mean? The Tivoli is so central; it's so easy to get to. Uh, mm-hmm. So that is the issue. And yeah, uh, now again, I I you know I had work off the next day. And I'm a drinker, so me and our, my crew, we went to the pub and we said we'll let we let everyone else fight it out for cabs. But again, if you had work the next day or you've no interest in going to the pub or any of this shit, like yeah, it would have been. And uh, I had work the next day. Okay. Yeah, you had work, so it's like a, a gigantic pain in the hole trying to get back into the city. Well, that was more the fault of it just being on a Sunday night rather than a Saturday night. Right. Yeah. Uh, so which, which yeah, added which added to the transport woes because we took public transport, not a taxi. And also the bus, the bus doesn't drop you anywhere like near, does it? It does, yeah. The bus stop is right outside the entrance. It's like a what five ten minute walk from the arena itself. Okay, fair enough. I I, I wasn't sure. I, I wasn't aware what the what the setup was. That's fine. But we we waited forty five minutes for the first bus to go back into Dublin City Centre, and then a further forty five minutes to wait for the second bus. Right to get you actually. Uh, yeah. And as mentioned earlier, it was freezing. Yeah, it was cold. It sucked. Um, also, uh, obviously, I mentioned there the, the old the boozy booze. Uh, no booze at the show, um, and lots of security. Now, I did not hear of a single incident of people. Now, I there were people drinking at the show. I'll, I'll give you that scoop out. <laughs> that there were people drinking at the show. I did not see anyone getting injected or anything, but there was a lot of security there. Um, <coughs> and I so I don't know what the protocol would have been if you were caught drinking. But um, uh, on a positive note, though, did not hinder the atmosphere one iota. I don't think. Um, no, 
it was the same and this is the same thing we've said every time they go to a new venue it's it's a very reassuring thing is that the it's the love of what ott puts on gets the atmosphere out of people it's not the building it's not the boozing although it helps it's it's that people are it's that irish fans are just very vocal and they are into this product that's 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 what it is so that that's a that's a great boon for them um so yeah i suppose we can uh, uh get into the show uh now um did you uh, did the match order strike you as odd i'm sure it did absolutely so the wwe uk boys were needed at the performance center i guess the next morning i wasn't sure what the exact need for them was they obviously weren't involved in like elimination chamber or anything which was the same day um but they basically wwe were liaising with ott on this apparently they were directly liaising with it and they were able to work something out where the guys went on early and then got the first available flight after the show which you know in the sense of okay they had to go on early that's like an amusing trivia point but when you actually think about it it sounds to me like they were dangerously close from being pulled from this show a day before it happened um which would have been disastrous given that the that Walter and Devlin are UK guys and they were in the uh the two most high profile matches. And in the case of Devlin and, and Star, like this extremely heavily pushed thing that basically defined the card. Um so you know, indie wrestling in twenty nineteen continues to be a uh uh a, 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 a minefield of, of using contracted wrestlers and this guy's needed this place and this guy can't lose to that guy. Uh, and also, yeah. as we found out just this weekend, that uh, WWE UK uh, bracket, that also includes Ilya Dragunov, um, who showed up and did a dark match this past weekend. So Yeah, it was, uh, um, it was very strange at the, at the time. Now, understanding the circumstances behind it, obviously it's a better alternative than to have them pulled. But it did kind of fuck the show up to an extent <laughs> you know um, well yeah i but the thing the, the weird thing is though i feel like the cage probably would have gone on last anyway well we, uh, dis- we, we discussed that previously i i don't know whether that was a good idea but i would agree uh, I, I i'm not saying i'm saying purely from the logistic point of view you you were at the yeah. first home i i was not but now i know what everyone was talking about that cage it, it took them an age to get that up and they had to get it back down as well you effectively yeah, because I was saying, I was talking to people, we were all kind of fascinated by the match order. And it, cause, because Devlin Star, that, that was easily the main event in the eyes of the people. That was, they had, you know, they had the video. It's a six-month story or whatever it is. It's like this huge thing. Um, in a perfect world where they didn't have the logistics of setting a cage and taking it down, that match goes on last in a heartbeat. Um, uh, but, but that was not the case. But I think even without the... Um, even without the WWE UK situation, I think the cage was always going on last just because of the, the nature of it. Yeah. Now, uh, the problem, the, when I say that it messed up the, the show, I, I mean, I thought, without getting obviously onto the rest of the match, I thought, I thought it was a good show. But I, I think what was missing here was what I call the, the Conor McGregor effect, which was when I used to stay up to watch the UFC on, let's say, a Conor McGregor show, You'd be watching the fights and say, oh, this is great, but like we still have Conor McGregor coming, and you'd be all hyped and excited for it. Imagine watching this show and enjoying, you know, the the Osprey Davis match and the the Haskins Everett Thatcher match and going, This is great. I feel a fucking devil start to come. You know, you're 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 that much more excited, you're that much more hyped. And the fact that we started with that and then Pac Valter was was two matches later meant that for me some of the momentum was killed. 
absolutely. I think that's I think that's totally fair. I think that's totally fair. Um, and I, I liked the ple- the pleasant the pleasant surprise of uh, Devlin Star opening. I actually even all being you know. I actually don't mind that match opening anyway. If the cage match has to go on last, I think that's actually a good opener. And the commentary, which has been great lately in OGT, they said that like Devlin like insisted, I have to go on early. We have to do this fight. Like that was a nice touch. Like you know that was okay. Uh, I like that. But uh, let's talk about that match because I thought it fucking ruled. It was great. Um, uh, start coming out to the uh, the old tag team theme that they used um, the, in the, the first t-shirt. In t-shirt. Just great. Just great. And, and the Ireland the, trunks. The Ireland trunks that have the Irish word for loyalty on them. Uh, and if you're a, a stickler for this kind of detail, I mean, they just went at it from the bell. Or they didn't actually they didn't get a bell because they Jordan ran up the ramp to meet him and they brawled and brawled and brawled. And Jordan threw him off the ramp into the seats. And some, some very good brawling, by the way. Some great brawling. Just throwing punches and flinging each other into shit. And suplexes on the ground. Just great stuff. Uh, and then they got in the ring, and I, th- I think the match, uh, I, I, the, the fire of the match, I think died down a little bit uh, when they got back in the ring. But the, it was still still top notch stuff, uh, all kinds of, of of callbacks and stuff like that. Devlin doing stars kind of trademark spots, and um, uh, Star working over the back of Jordan, who, who sold it really well. Um, I liked. I think the match um, at times it could have gone slightly too far in the uh, Johnny Gargano direction. Um, okay. You know that that WWE style of kind of hitting you over the head with the story. I thought they reeled it back in just enough so that it was fine. Um, you know, Star was like screaming at him at one point, like, you know, I thought I was your best friend. I thought you loved me, Jordan. And then Jordan slaps him, and you know, little things like that. And Jordan kind of hesitating to pit him after the first pile driver. I was like, if you milk that stuff too much, it can be cheesy in a bad way. But I thought it was it was just right. It was just right. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I really loved it. And I tell you what, we talk a lot about Jordan Devlin on this podcast, but uh, David Starr is a tremendous, tremendous pro wrestler. Yeah. And in a sense, it was kind of a perfect opener. Um, I only wish that circumstances allowed it to be the main event, because I think that would have elevated it even further. And I mean, we'll talk more about then the Pac-Walter match in a little bit, where what happened post-match really felt like it should have been at the end of a show, but sure. Absolutely, yeah. And you had to know that moment was happening as well, but yeah, at the end, presumably. But uh, before that, we had uh, Shigehiro Irie versus Ilya Dragunov. Uh, this was kind of one of those OTT matches where you could tell the crowd didn't know who they were. Uh, they were, you know, they were respectful, of course. It wasn't, it, there wasn't any kind of heckling, but they, the match, I think, suffered uh, uh, from that. They, well, the, the crowd was, I, I would go as far as saying the crowd was kind of dead for it. Oh, it was yeah, and because it was it was unknowns, and they were going against, uh, they were going after essentially the main event. So, um, <laughs> but they, uh, but I think these guys, uh, you know, beat the piss out of each other, and I enjoyed it a whole hell of a lot. I like both guys a lot. Um, it's my first time seeing Eria live. Uh, you know, um, I, I thought they were, I thought they did well, and they got the crowd kind of into it by the end. Uh, it, it was never, it was never going to get a raucous ovation. But um, I thought it was it was very very enjoyable, and I would like to see them both back very soon. Irie is based in Germany now; he's a WXW regular, so he will be around. Um, yeah, and I think he would do quite well uh, against the the local Irish boys. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. Um, a bit of a disappointment. It's my first time seeing Dragunov. I thought he was okay, mm. and uh, yeah, I thought it mostly suffered because of the crowd, and I don't know because of that. I had a hard time getting into it. 
But yeah, what they did, they did all right. It was fine. Uh, then we had the Pac Walter match. Um, yeah, more people looking at each other, going, "What this match now? What is this show?" Adrian, no jobs, Neville. Um, uh, <laughs> this match had a a, a non finish. Uh, Walter went to uh, this is. I tell you what, right? I love the the Star Devlin Walter feud. I do have a gripe, a gripe with it though. I think they have leaned a bit heavily on Walter being like a an arsehole and also a chicken shit. Um, yeah, I agree. especially know, here, especially here. Um, like like the the original intrigue to me of that feud was that Walter is just a mountain, and what we're interested in is the story of how and if Devlin can climb that mountain. Right. And it's not really that you hate Walter or anything like that. It's that he's this unstoppable beast of an athlete who's just a one of a kind wrestler in the world today. And now they've kind of morphed it into this thing of that. The, the Devlin story is still true and he's still telling his story over here. But then on top of that, they're trying to make it this thing where, well, like Walter like disrespects the belt and he throws the belt down and he, you know, he cheats when the referee's not looking and, you know, Bonesaw kind of almost visibly had him beat in that match. And, and in this match, he was also almost beat uh, before he walked out and then he shoved the referee and got himself DQ. It's like, okay, I was, I was more, into this when Walter was just a guy who came in and murdered everyone. He didn't care if you liked him or you hated him. He he was he's just a fighter and yeah, they've they've gone in a, in a direction I'm not big on. But it's I mean, you know, it's what it is. Now the match is still very good, mind. Well when we talk about the chicken shit aspect of the character, I think they've gone too far into like him backing off Devlin and Pac and these like tiny men. Like the Ric Flair cowardly, oh no more, no more. Like I think he's he do does that a little too too much. Um I mean it made sense in the tag match where Star turned heel because it was kind of devil and finally overcoming him. It was like, oh my god, Walter's saying no more, no more. But if he does it to everybody again, yeah, like you said, loses the the power of the the performance um yeah i yeah i and i thought the tag match was it was the, again kind of like the the star devlin match i said it, it was just right it was it was it was just you go too far in that direction but whereas whereas those two guys kept it right yeah they, like now they have actually done a little too much with walter ironically um, the one where they did it perfectly was the walter sean guinness match. yeah yeah who, who has now been forgotten by that story yeah so uh but not to, not to distract from, from the actual story of this match itself, which I thought was fucking awesome. I thought it was so great. Um, Pac was great. He, he Well, let's talk about the finger, first of all. Oh, God. Yeah, well, we should, because it was like the first thing that happened in the match. Um, about two minutes into this 15-minute match. What did he... He hit a move? He hit some kind of... It was, uh, it was, like, it was like a Phoenix splash, was it? He had, a, he had a Phoenix splash, and I don't know if he just... A move he's probably done a hundred times in his career, and I don't it's know if like his hands... His his hands just hit funny on the mat or something, but he fucked up his finger to the degree that it was like at the knuckle, it was like bent ninety degrees in the wrong direction. Um, when that picture started doing, I didn't see this live because I was just far enough away that I I couldn't quite make it out. I was in the fourth row, and obviously it's like you know it's a little finger. Um, but when the image was doing the rounds, I looked at it for about a second. And I was like, well, I don't need to see that ever again. Thank you very much. Um, it was quite horrible. 
uh, and he popped it back in, which again, when you look at the level of out of place it was, um, it was, was, was quite terrifying. And he proceeded to have a great 15 minute match with it, uh, with it sort of kind of in place. And this wasn't the only example of that on this show, as we were going to find out. Yeah, it was a, it was an unlucky show in a lot of a lot of regards for a lot of people. But yeah, very good match, very very good, really great. Park is uh, he's back. He's uh, I, I I like that he worked um, babyface here because we were kind of concerned that he'd been working the heel gimmick ever since he came back. Yeah, um, and yeah. in fact, the the hand injury kind of lit a fire in him. It kind of enhanced the match, weirdly. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and I, I think I think I think he was working face anyway, but that property got people into him. Um, it, it, he kind of worked like an anti-hero kind of face. Like he was not he was not high fiving and kissing babies. He was he was he was still that bastard character, but but he he wasn't fighting the crowd if, if that makes sense. Yeah, and then De- Devlin came out for the post match, uh, hit the slingshot cutter on Walter in the ring, and Pac hit the red arrow. And then uh, Devlin held the title high overhead, and the show went off the air. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that, that, that absolutely felt like a closing angle. But again, going, but this is actually, so I had a conversation with someone after the show about the Walter thing you and I were just discussing there with the, with the over, leaning too much into him being a heel. Devlin standing over him felt too much. It felt way too much. I because when they announced this card, my image was Pac Walter goes on last and Devlin wins early in the card, and they just have a nose to nose to close the show. That's that's what I was expecting. Um, but but again, things were complicated by the fact that Pac couldn't lose, and Walter obviously couldn't lose because he's a, he's the champion and he's a WWE guy, so it was very complicated. So you had to do the WWE house show thing of of Pac lays him out after the fact. Um, just oh, yeah, well, yeah. You didn't. You didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, uh, I, you kind of knew they would. Um, well, in the and, sense of like, I understand making the match because it's a big international first time deal. Yeah, but if you're book, if you're booking yourself into a corner, you need to have a clever solution out. You know? Yeah, I, I think, I think promoters are going to start having to realize that soon because Osprey wrestled Pac the previous night in RevPro, a match that I heard was great until the finish because the finish was uh, CCK ran in and it was a bullshit fucking no they ran in they were run off and then the match went to a time limit I believe was the finish which sucks I'd be so annoyed if I got that as the main event mm-hmm. um, so I think promoters are going to have to start thinking on their feet a bit more the next the next Pac match in Rev Pro is a tag match against uh, Chris Brooks and, and, and Jonathan Gresham so uh, I get, they, they're going to start putting him against people who can lose but um, but yeah so yeah, unfortunate kind of uh, switch up to everything uh, uh, there. Uh, was it more than hype next? Is that the next match? More than hype against the anti-fun police. The no, yeah, the anti-fun police and Charlie Sterling. Uh, I think this is the most I've enjoyed the anti-fun police in OGT. I thought this. I thought more than hype were good opponents. Um, not not anything we need to write home about as a match. It was all right. Um, uh, the uh, now Sterling got the pin, which is fine. He's a former tag team champion, but still the anti fun police won, which I would have to call an upset. Um, well, they're, they're doing the more than I lose the streak gimmick, yeah. Which I don't know. If I'm, if, I mean, there's always a purpose with this kind of thing. I'm sure it's going to be the start of a redemption storyline, but 
I don't know that you need to be. They were they were catching fire. I don't know that they needed to to be, to start whooping them like this. Uh, referring to more than hype. I don't know where I sit with more than hype at the moment because they come out and they do their silly entrance where they're dancing around and sprinting around, and I kind of think on one hand, like, does, is that playing into the losing streak gimmick that they're not taking it seriously enough and blah blah blah, or is that just the gimmick? Um. Yeah, I'm not sure if they like they're leaning too heavily into the we're wacky kids. Ooh. Yeah, you know I like Nathan Martin when he was kind of more serious. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe that will uh, maybe that will be the case. Um, but anyway, during this match, I went to the bathroom and got some crisps and coke, so I missed almost the entire match. I it was it was all right, but yeah, you did not miss much. Uh, definitely a good strategy. Uh, not to not to say you should regard certain matches as uh, piss breaks, folks, but uh, the getting in and out to go to the bathroom during the designated intermission was hell. Uh, the the I actually I went during the the Justy match, and uh, then I was like, okay, well I'll, I'll go for some fresh air during the actual intermission. Uh, you you could not get out that door. There was a queue to exit. Uh, and also the the merch table was right by the uh, the exit as well, so that was it was just it was kind of a mess trying to get out. So uh, you made you made the right call. Next match, Mark Haskins defending the OTT Gender Neutral Championship against Andrew Everett and Terry Thatcher. They just call it the GN title now, probably because they <laughs> they never defended against women. Um, uh, Mark Haskins retained in the most uh, cliched three-way finish ever, which was that uh, Thatcher hit his finish on Everett, and then Haskins threw him out of the ring and stole the pin. Uh, other than that, I actually thought this was a, a fun time. And uh, another one, the crowd weren't super hyped for it, but uh, they they got into it reasonably, and the, and the action was good. Yeah, well, it's funny because we've talked about obviously Star Devlin and Pac Walter, but for me, there were two MVPs on this show. And one of them was in this match, and that was Mark Haskins, who I thought had a hell of a showing. Really? Yeah. I thought, yeah, I, I, thought I, 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 I thought he was really excellent. I thought he, in particular, stood out um, kind of head and shoulders above the other two. Everything, everything he did looked great. Um, the intensity he had was, was great. And of course, you know, I'm, I kind of go up and down on Haskins. Um, I think sometimes he's his his ultra serious uh character is kind of boring i think sometimes his matches are kind of boring uh but here i think he just had a really good night and i think he he looked great yeah um i like terry thatcher but he still to me comes off very raw i i i really don't like his uh his reverse rana he does where he just kind of (laughs) slowly leans back into it um and but otherwise, I think he's I think he's very good. I'm, I'm happy to finally see him on one of the big shows. And yeah, ever go on. I was just gonna say Everett. I kind of was a little disappointed by. Really? Yeah. I liked him. I I didn't think he was any kind of you know blow away. I I enjoyed um um I enjoyed his big uh, toe touch uh uh mood salt, and I I liked his um oh well that, that was spectacular of course and the choke yeah side. and then. I like the I like the the I'm a he does like an uh, Andrew the I'm a giant kind of like a Crash Holly fucking ironic yeah. I'm a big guy gimmick. I probably would have played better in a smaller room. I don't know if that's the type of thing you should bust out at a national stadium sized venue, basically. Um, right. 
but uh, I, I I enjoyed him overall. Yeah, I liked I liked Thatcher a lot. I I actually really warmed him. I remember when he was NLW champion. I was like the matches were good, but I was like ah, but you know it's all the same. He gets he gets a, a really brutal beatdown that he wins. But honestly, as time has gone on, I've actually I've actually really warmed him a lot. And I, I am glad that he's on these uh, these shows because he's a he's another perfectly good Irish wrestler that you could have on the cards. Um, yeah. uh, and I. And he he has a particular role. I'm not saying he should be flying up the card and, and winning the title, but I think he definitely has a role on these main shows, um, as well as contenders. And I hope he he remains on contenders because he he brings a lot to those as well. So yeah, I enjoyed this in Haskins. Yeah, Haskins was good. Uh, like you, I, Haskins. He has his. his I'm, I'm very up and down on him. I think I think what hurts him is I don't know what his character is at the moment. Like he he did that thing last year where he like had that match with Scotty and he like told him to fuck himself after the match. He told get the fuck out of my ring or fuck ott or some weird shit like that but they never they haven't properly leaned into that and so like i'm like is he a heel you know he kind of doesn't really wrestle like one but then he stole the pin here yeah i, I think they could do with um uh probably you know uh doing some more interviews with him or something like that so that we get an actual feel for for his character um but yeah, so the uh, the next match then was the besties in the world, which is uh, Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett versus Will Ospreay and uh, Scotty Davis. My number uh, two star of the show. Which young one? Scotty Davis. Oh, young Scotty Davis. Wow, I thought you were going to say Osprey. Um, I yeah, I thought this match was was fantastic. Uh, I really liked the besties in the world. I'd seen them very briefly before. I was not overly familiar with them. Uh, they were, you know, they're a good kind of all-action indie team, uh, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, the star was Scotty. This was this is really a perfect kind of Scotty showcase match. Uh, he's in there with you know a big star. He got he got to do loads of shine. He got the win, which was great. Uh, and they did all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, and we, you alluded to it there earlier during the Pac match, but we did get a nasty injury uh, in this match. Uh, it seemed like it was his knee, but it, was it not the power bomb spot that that hurt him bad? One of the besties. Uh, it was when Osprey did a sunset flip to the outside. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, he kind of power bombed one of them onto the other one's leg because he kind of was seemed like he was a little bit out of position. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was. Uh, one of the besties was basically bent over, holding his stomach on the outside, and the other one was basically power bombed off the apron in a sunset flip spot. But they, but and it was supposed to be on top of his back, but they were sort of out of position, and so he landed on his leg. And I, I, because they wear similar gear, and I, I don't know them well enough to know which one is which. And so it, people said looking concerned for one of them, and I had assumed because I could tell that, that they didn't position it quite right. That I was like, oh. Was the one who got power bombed? Did he just like miss his partner and hit bang his head off the floor, or what happened? But no, apparently it was the the hunched over guy who was supposed to be hit with the move uh, tweaked his leg. But uh, he soldiered on, and then they had a they they didn't let it hinder him at all. They let they had a great match, um, and they they are already back for for next month, so that's good. Um, so clearly thing, not not that bad an injury, I guess. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, you could tell from the match that it was not anything significant. But uh, yeah, Scotty got the win, and then we got a, an Osprey promo after the fact. Uh, we had the news earlier in the week for this show uh, uh, that uh, Osprey was being pulled from Scrapper Media, which is in March, uh, and that he was being replaced with Jushin Thunder Liger, which... Were you surprised we- that they didn't save that announcement for the show? That yeah, Liger I- was going to be at Scrapper Media? I think... Because you, yeah, you would assume so, wouldn't you? But I, I, I think because tickets are already on sale and Osprey's a big star, and they had him on the poster, 
I think they didn't want to waste any time getting yeah, it out. That of was it. the one thing that was missing from this show for me was the announcement of a person for Scrapperania. Like yeah, the video and, where we all pop for it and go, wow. Yeah, and, and it's like because and they also again not not to jump all over the place on topics, but they they announced they just announced Mako Satamora is going to be at Scrapperania. Like when when they did the Liger announcement, I was like, oh, like. Like you said, we I had a conversation with some people who were like, Oh, that's weird. When did they save it? I was like, Well, there must be another video at, at Scrapper at, at Homecoming. But there wasn't. It was very weird. But yeah, I think they just um because Osprey got pulled for the New Japan Cup uh uh dates. He's working that tour. So I I don't follow any like official New Japan accounts. Maybe they were worried about uh we can still be advertising him selling tickets and then the dates go live on their website and people put two and two together and you know they come for us saying hey you're selling these tickets knowing that he's not going to be there no, but you, you, can, I mean? you can you can still say that he's not going to be there and announce it's going to be announced soon and keep the announcement yeah. you know? <laughs> um i think i think davis... play it safe versus sorry um sure you know that's yeah, fine davis i think had his uh i, I hope i'm not overhyped had his um, Jordan Devlin coming out of the crowd moment when he did the the Osprey springboard into the backflip. Yes, yeah. Pose. For me, that was like his coming out moment. Like you know, not 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 to um, say then that his performance wasn't also excellent on the show. It was, and I think I'm properly convinced now on on Sky Davis. But just that moment, ah, perfect. Whoever came up with the idea for him to do that, what a genius! Excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, and yeah, so he he is the one uh, uh, facing Liger uh, next month, which is a huge match for him and a huge match for that card. So that's great. Oh, excuse me. And uh, we roll on then to the Angel Cruisers versus Justy and MJF. This was the match where I went to the bathroom um, because I'm completely over Justy. Uh, I'm over Justy in general, but I'm I'm so over the Angel and B versus Justy thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And and while I was amused and surprised by the team prick heel turn in this match, I did not see that coming. My no. predominant my predominant reaction was, "Oh God, they're going to have more matches. When will it end?" <laughs> uh, but uh, MJF, I thought, did good. I, I enjoyed his promo. He's a very loud, obnoxious American. Uh, did you hear him at the merch table just being a gigantic dick to everyone? No. He is so this is like his thing. He's always on, right? So he's like he's selling merch, but he's like insulting everyone who comes up to him, right? So there's a a, a little chap who goes to OTT, a, a small person, right? Um, I'm sure you've seen him around. Um, and I think he's had a, lots of wrestlers have had a pop at him. It's it's because they're you know they'll they'll take the, the low hanging fruit. He goes up to MJF. He says, "Oh, you have to be this tall to buy my merch," and puts his hand up to his his head. Um, and I was I was there, and there was a group of people there, and we all laughed. And MJF looks at one of the guys laughing, goes, "What are you laughing at, you chubby prick?" Um, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." And I said to my friend Emma, "I said, let's go before he starts on me, please, because I don't I don't think I can take yours." So uh, I went, and we got uh, this is our this before the show started, so this is obviously you know like when they were letting people in. And then as we came back from the shop with our, our little bottles of of Coke, because that's all they had at the venue. Um, uh, Martina was standing next to MJF and she was selling her merch and he goes, hey, you can get fucking herpes two for $10 over here or some shit like that. And I don't know why he's a, a New Yorker, 
But, uh, you know, he was being extremely loud and extremely obnoxious. And it's weird because I'm like, do you sell any shirts? Because you see, it's just me having a pop at everyone. But, uh, but yeah, so he, he's, he's certainly one of a kind. I'll say that much. Um, and it is, I suppose it's a pleasant, it's a pleasant uh, change of pace from, like, like the Kings are, are the main event, biggest heels in the world, but they're also flogging their merch, like, and taking photos, like, nice guys. Um, at the merch table, so you know, it's it's certainly a uh, a, a thing. Uh, the match itself was 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 uh, from what I saw was all right. It was actually probably one of the better Justy matches so far. Uh, uh, I mean, it's... yeah, I, I don't I didn't care for MJF at all. His uh, no. bottom of the barrel promo and his like not offensive promo, but like low hanging fruit promo, I would call it. And uh, <laughs> in the ring, he's like. Finds like EC3 good, you know. Right, um, fair. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I like the call back to the Justy Jitsu where he, I don't know if you saw that part where he, he put NJF's scarf on as a Karate Kid style headband, revealed that actually he thinks Justy Jitsu was still good. Um, yeah, I, I was uh, shocked by the heel turn of Team Prick. Um, the match itself was kind of your typical comedy match. I, I Angel at one point took a, like a little hatchet out, and I'm wondering if we're starting to kind of reach the limits of what his character can do. Like he, he, he can't, you can't get any crazier anymore. He's kind of coming back down now. Um, yeah, I, yeah, and I think that's the the thing that bothers me as well about the it's it's a one two punch. It's with the Justy feud being kind of rubbish and stale. Um, but then also, yeah, like he he's done the chainsaw twice now as well. It's like, okay, are we are we just kind of out of things to do? Um, you know, it's um, yeah, it's 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 not feeling it's not feeling great uh, at the moment with them. Yeah, well, we'll see where they go. We'll see where they go. I'm, I was sad to not see any uh, Liam Royal. No, no, you weren't. Or uh, Sammy D. I, yeah, I feel like they've because uh, in the they've vignettes, them out. yeah, in the vignettes it was like just he's like, oh, I've got no friends anymore. It seems like uh, they stuffed Liam Royal in a box that says main stage wrestling and shipped him off. Um, uh, or that's, I don't even that's Irish School of Wrestling to you, brother. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. I actually don't even know where he's from. Maybe he's Fight Factory. I have no idea. But anyway, um, uh. Yeah, so, and Sammy D, I mean, like, Sammy's, a lot of people in Irish wrestling swear by Sammy, and I'm sure he probably is good, but again, like Liam Roy, it's like, okay, there's kind of a, a stink on you for being involved in this crap, so maybe bring him back down the line. Um, so, uh, yeah, and we move on to probably, like, the biggest disappointment on the show, I would have thought, um, Raven Creed versus you. Um, I have not seen uh, any you before this. I, I kind of, I liked the very brief bit of her I saw in this match and I've also uh, since since last week I started my uh, WXW catch up because I'm going to Carrot in, in two weeks. She's a regular there which I've I've quite enjoyed so so in hindsight this match is even more disappointing now that I've seen her but uh, this got what? Four minutes? Yeah I, I somehow saw less of this than I did the, uh, the more than hype match which I <laughs> went to the toilet during because um, yeah, there was less of it to see that's the one um, yeah I mean I thought it was a, a real disappointment in how short it was 
Uh, but I also just thought it was dreadful. What what it was? They just were. They get lost repeatedly. They didn't know what they were doing. On like Irish whips, they just like stumble at each other. Yeah. Oh man, a mess. There were there were there was a lot of um there was a lot of um those those moments in wrestling where you, where you, they they're kind of looking at each other like do, do I go or, or do you go? Do I go? Do you? Lots of that. Yeah. Hey, and then uh, the finish. The finish. I don't think the crowd thought was the finish because it just oh. she won and that was it. And uh huh. I've had oh, I've. Yeah. Talk to my friends so much about this, specifically since the Jordan Grace match. Raven needs a new finisher. That that finish is terrible. It's terrible. It's not a finish. It's an indie transition move that everyone uses. The the backcracker, you mean? The backcracker. I don't like it at all. It's like right. it's like, and it's it's like Carlito used to use. It's like a WWE mid card forgotten finisher. It's it's bad. It's like you had this big moment with the ankle lock in October. Like I know, I know, Sammy Jane had the injury. Like that was the story, but like that should have been—you should have made that your thing. Um, yeah, this uh, this rain from Raven has been has been a bit of a bummer. Um, and while I think it's kind of crazy that they they went with Martina for the for the Mako Satamora match at Scrappermania, I don't I don't know that I'd be chomping at the bit to see Raven in that slot as much as as it sucks to say because I was so bullish on her when she won, but. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm still yet to be convinced. Maybe she'll have a Scotty Davis moment where I just kind of my eyes are opened. But like we we yeah. talked the other week about even the the Sammy Jane match, I was like, yeah, it was it was good. I, I wasn't blown away by it, but I also wasn't there live. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of just don't get the whole hype. But she's she's fine. Like I don't think she's bad in the sense of um, sorry to name some people, but like you know Veda Scott or anything right. like that. Like. She, Obviously, far more capable than that, but I, I don't she's see in terms of her being one of these like OTT headliners. You know, I don't think she's quite there. And I think it's I think it's a it's a double barreled issue here. Um, I think I think she's not. I don't I don't think she's delivered massively since she won the title, which is a shame. Uh, but I think the problem also is that I think OTT in general, I think it's slipping again. I think it's they've, I mean, th- and this is a perfect example. I heard some murmurings that maybe you was hurt. I've not seen that confirmed, so I'm, I'm writing that off as, as nonsense. Um, uh, like, there was why this was four minutes, I have no idea. Um, why the, I mean, maybe, you know, when you consider MJF's thing is talking, why that match couldn't have been 30 seconds, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, if something had to be cut, you know, I think I think there was a lot of a lot of stuff on this. Um, well, actually, definitely the just the Justy match could have been cut by a good ten minutes if that was the case. You know, yeah, uh, it's it's just very very odd. So it's like and like you is very talented and and, and she's a good get. Um, so like there are little moments like that where you think, oh no, they are trying, they are trying, and then it's like, well, are they though? Because it's like you know her match then gets four minutes. You know, um, uh, and we're we're once again in this position where. Where Martina is kind of, uh, kind of st- st- getting getting eyes on herself as the number one woman in the promotion. Although this time, I don't think there'll be as much resistance to it because I think she's, I think she's outperforming Raven. Is that a hot take? I think Martina is outperforming Raven lately. No, I don't think it's incorrect. Um, and on that note, I guess we'll get to the main event here. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll go, I'll go one further. Did you see the? promo they put up for Valkyrie and um Debbie. Uh, Deb yeah Debbie Kaitel. Uh that was like one of the best women's vignettes they've done. They, they've got 
charisma the Raven Creed doesn't have as well. So <laughs> it's not looking good at the moment. No, yeah, because like, because Raven had, I, did we talk about it on the show? But she did like a sit down interview with Ango, and it was bad. I don't want to share on her, but I don't. No, listen, I'm a huge fan. I was there at Defiant. I lost my mind. I've seen her wrestle in Phoenix. I do think she's very good. But um, but yeah, I mean that that because now it's a low bar. I think OTT's women's vignettes are typically very embarrassing because they write them like idiots. Um, uh, well, this thought, this one they did didn't come off like it was written. It came off like it was written by them. Yeah, and it, they they filmed it well. Like it looked better than the usual taped backstage at contenders things. Um, uh, you know, so so. But anyway, that's that's kind of uh, a side point there. So, and and Valkyrie is someone who I think has has been lacking in the character front for a while. So I think this is a good direction for. Her. But uh, we'll jump into the main event here. Now, this is a match that we had already talked about. How we were not super hot on the idea of the match. Uh, one thing that did not help uh, my my interest in this match as it started was they announced that it was basically war games rules, um, uh, where they would do st- two guys would start, they would do staggered entrance, um, and and yeah, I I I was not big on that. It worked out all right, I thought, but I was I was not really not really. Well, big they on also it. couldn't get the counter gimmick working properly. Yeah, it was it was out of time, and also. Um, it's a good thing she didn't win because they nearly spoiled the finish because Martina's entrance video started to play halfway And then Corvin through. got in. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Because that's the weird thing is they weren't playing music and videos at, for each subsequent countdown. It was like both teams got one entrance and then they just did the countdown. And at the end of the countdown, the respective wrestler just got in the ring. But inexplicably during the first one, Martina's entrance video started for a half second. And I was like, oh my god, did they just give away the finish? Is she is she gonna be the sole survivor? Thankfully not, but it was just Well, this is the risk, right? The way not to let people behind the curtain here and ruin the business, but OTT's videos and and all that is is a PowerPoint presentation that they have the videos linked. So if you go one slide, let's say, forward, it's gonna automatically play the finish, let's say, <laughs> you know? So they have to be so careful if they if they're doing it that way, um, and in this case with the timer, for example, I don't really see why they had to do it at all. Just have you know announce every one minute or whatever, like without the countdown. You don't have to do a countdown. Just make it make a noise, and someone comes in. I think they really tried to overcomplicate not only the like with the the war games rules, but they tried to overcomplicate it with like the the countdown and the buzzer and the music. It, it was far too complicated for what is ultimately like a little indie promotion. Just keep it simple. Don't try and yeah. overdo what you can do, you know? Um, which really makes me consider whether they'll, they'll ever do a, uh, a rumble until they kind of get that stuff sorted out. And I'm surprised that they didn't um, really seem to have rehearsed that much, how it was going to work, especially again, how long it took them to put the cage up in the first place, 25 minutes to get the cage up. Yeah. Um, and one thing to note as well was last time at Homecoming One, they had the cage properly like the WWE cages with the bottom of the cage against the ring apron. Right. Like on ring level, right? Whereas this time they just put the cage against the ring. So the, the cage itself was actually going down to the floor. So it was a much smaller cage than we got at um, the first Homecoming. Which I was disappointed by because I would I would have liked to have seen it bigger and scarier, but um I understand why they didn't want the big scary cage as well. 
I mean, well, yeah, you described it as terrifying when you went to Homecoming One. Every time guys were climbing up it and jumping off it. Um, yeah. It also like th- this one. I I don't believe they didn't have the wrestlers ringside holding it, did they? Because they did at Homecoming One. No. They had them. They did at uh, Homecoming One because it was they, rickety. They, because it was rickety this time because it was uh, on floor level. It was kind of more held towards the side of the cage. It wasn't need for people to hold it up. Yeah, so I think I think that was probably just a, a a safety choice, which you know what is what they should be leaning towards. I I have no problem. I have no problem with, with it whatsoever. I will say yeah. though that it, it did lessen the uh, maybe excitement is the wrong word, but the the heebie-jeebies you have watching a match. Yeah, of time. course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so all all the uh, all the silliness about the rules and all that other stuff. Other than that, once that was kind of done, I thought I thought this match was pretty good. Um, uh, it was the it was kind of the typical kind of uh, spectacle you kind of thought it would be. Uh, after people got eliminated, they were brawling outside the ring. Paddy and Bonesaw did a table spot. You know, it, it was that. Um, and it came down to Martina and Corvin. Martina, by the way, got the shit kicked out of her in this match. I don't know. It was on our side of the ring, so we really saw it. The very first bump she took into the cage. Oh, my fucking God. They just threw this woman full force into the cage. And she just just literally head first, just took all of it in the head. It was brutal and then the 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 closing there was um they all brought in weapons there was chairs thumbtacks all kinds of stuff like that it was a big it was a big uh uh, uh brawl but it came down to corvin and and martina i actually i have to say i really really liked the the closing stretch uh, uh with those two which is not something i which which not on, on paper is not something i thought i would have been all about but i actually i really did like it um and and martina had this big kind of baby face like grit in her teeth uh, spot at the end where basically uh, Corvin was on the top rope. They did. They had already bumped into the thumbtacks a bunch already. Uh, Corvin was on the top rope. He knocked Martina off into the tacks, and so they do the classic WWE spot where she's claw- she's crawling to the door which the referee has opened, and he's scaling over the top. And it's basically a race of who's who's going to get out first, him or her. Um, but she is basically crawling through the tacks to get to the door. Uh, uh, which which I thought was a, a really crazy touch, and then she gets to the door, and again, kind of like the Haskins three way, the most the most overdone finish in the world. Uh, Bonesaw shoves the ref who hits the door, which hits Martina in the head, and she falls back into the ring, and Corvin escapes. Um, uh, I was not expecting the Kings to retain. I was I was expecting either Mar- <laughs> perhaps running away with my own my own uh, thoughts. I expected either Martina to turn because I didn't Ooh. know why they would. I don't know why they would have had three on two babyface advantage, or I was expecting uh, the lads to win. I, I was expecting a big angle to end the show. I did not anticipate that the Kings would win, uh, partially because I'm a bit over the Kings. They 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 have run out of stuff to do, in my opinion. Um, especially because uh, I don't know if you've made this connection yet, but it kind of seems like all that's left for them at Scrapermania is Rich Strong Style again. Uh, which was the coolest thing in the world the first time, and I didn't even bother watching. Oh, no, I did bother watching the second one, but it was uh, it was not as good as the first. I have no interest in that, but that's another conversation. Uh, what did you, what did you make of this match, the closing stretch, and, and the result? Um, well, I'm going to be a lot more harsh than you were. Uh, sorry, I thought it was a dud, to be honest. Really, a dud? I I mean, I thought it, it's hard to say in a match that is a cage match that features flips off the top and tack bumps and stuff because they obviously work very hard and they obviously kill themselves for the fans and you know I appreciate that a lot 
But fuck, there wasn't a single spot in this that I've not seen a hundred times already. Especially the finish. The old it was the same finish as the first cage match they did. Yeah. Um and not on, not only um I kinda of, as you say, I'm oh, the Kings of North have been kind of spinning their wheels for the last yeah. year. They used to be the num- number one fucking act I would look forward to seeing. Oh fuck, the Kings of North are gonna be on like a war. And this wasn't the kind of war typical that the Kings of the North would have, but you know, I've seen it. And um I'm very sorry to say Worky doesn't belong in, in an OTT main event of, of any kind. Um yeah. yeah, I I was kind of into the idea of it's it's such a funny position to have considering we were quite down on Martina in the past. I was all I was all about Martina and Paddy as the team. Um uh not only for this match but in general. You well know, I remember I, I, at that was at um was that content. no no when they brought Paddy back the first time was that at homecoming last year or was that Rama Rama okay and you have you know the little phone gimmick and he's on the screen it's Paddy yeah. it's a funny God it's funny to say because OT is not that old but it's like a funny nostalgia pop yeah but then it's like then work he's back and then they're in the main event of a show it's like OTT is OTT is almost past yes. The lads from the flats, you know, it's it's developed to a thing that is Devlin and Walter and Pack, and it's it's kind of past the Rhino main events and the Tommy Dreamer main events. As, as sorry as I have to say that, because it probably sounds harsher no. than I mean it. But I mean, the fact that we waited twenty five minutes intermission, and then I, I could have just gone home. To be honest, I, I wouldn't have felt like I missed anything. Yeah. And in fact, as, as soon as that finish happened we were out the door that's why i i tweeted you like 15 minutes later going anything happened that we missed is that why that was i didn't even notice okay uh we, we as soon as i finished we were gone right enough and it, it, i guess that's kind of why it felt a little bit let down as well because we were waiting so long for it and then for nothing to happen of consequence like what do you remember when they were doing the kings of the north like are, are they gonna break up do you remember that storyline yeah. Uh, was it like Scrappermania last year, wasn't it? Yes, last it year, yeah. And then the the payoff was nothing. No. Nothing happened. Yeah. And this was kind of, again, a, a throw-together feud out of kind of nowhere. Main event in your show. Okay, admittedly, given the circumstances, this had to main event. But, oh, yeah, I just couldn't help but feel like, well, that was a nothing cage match. And then we just left. Yeah. All, all being, all being equal. If, if let's say they had a WWE setup where they could just drop the cage on the ring and it would all work perfectly, uh, this should maybe have gone on like before intermission or something like that. Let, you if, know, that's if, if this was the opener, it would have been great. Yeah, and then to finish with the Pac Walter. Okay, the 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 order was out of their hands, but as we as we opened up with the order, I I felt really fucked the show. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah. I mean, it was a good, it was a good show overall. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't regret going. I didn't even regret the trek out of talent or the trek back because I thought the show was good. But um, of course, if they do a cage match, it can't just be for no fucking reason. It has to be a feud that kind of deserves it, like the Rapture Kings of North the first time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's why I was shocked that they didn't do the Devlin Star in the cage, like. And maybe maybe they knew prior that they weren't going to have them for the main event or whatever. But I was just the whole time confused. Like, why is Devlin star not the cage match? Why are they doing Kings of the North? Yeah. 
and like that's that nice. angle where they where they just kind of fobbed off, they just kind of just made it, just made it, you know, a a a, a cage match for for its own sake. Um, and I hope that they don't just do a cage match at Homecoming every year, and it becomes that kind of WWE. We just do a cage because it's Homecoming. No, okay, you have a cage, do it when it deserves it. I I don't even I don't even hate that idea, but it. <laughs> pick better next time is kind of my 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 thing um yeah the king the kings are in such a weird spot right now because like you said they did the the teased breakup they've done the face turn they've they've returned heel the face turn which you have to say was a bit of a bust oh no a complete bust oh absolutely and now it's a weird thing because i would agree it's a bust but i would still say it was the right thing to do at that time but in hindsight it it didn't work at all. Um, so they they return heel. They've toyed with both of them as singles with like okay results, but not results where you're you're like okay they gotta do it now. They no like you're like no they it's it's kind of much of a muchness if you do it as a team or the, singles. The irony is that they're in like the best shapes of their lives respectively. Right, that's and exactly. I feel like they've never been cooler. And yeah. not cool in the sense of those are cool guys. I mean, they they are not steaming hot like they were. Two years ago, you know what I? Uh, this is easy for me to say because it's a, it's uh, it's not my company, and it's a this is a big risk to take with a big act. I I would split them up. I would um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't drag it out. I wouldn't do a. I don't know if we can coexist like they did last summer. I would just have Corvin just turn on Bonesaw uh, when they lose the titles. Um, I think Bonesaw as a veteran babyface uh, would be really interesting. I think it well, absolutely. We saw we saw that in the Walter match. We saw it in the Walter match. We saw it, uh, you know, I, I think we could definitely see it again. You know, Corvin, you know, his singles matches I've enjoyed. I, I've i enjoyed them without then, like, I'm not frothing at the mouth for more of them. But I think if he if he beats the shit out of Bonesaw, I think people will turn on him. I think his matches will have a bit more, a bit more snap. I think people will... Because now, like, what do you boo the Kings for now? They beat up more than hype six months ago? You know, they... People are well, kind of the still... problem is there's no real tag division to speak of at the moment because you have yeah they they've beaten the cruisers they've beaten more than hype they beat the lads and the problem is the kings of north they kind of Jeff Jarrett themselves that they always win and so there's no one left for them to to face there's no apart from again the old imports the British strong styles of the world who again they've already fought ten times. Yeah, I, I, I'm now. It, it's quite possible that there's a, um, uh, there's a, what's what's the phrase I'm thinking of here? Uh, they, they've, there's a team maybe coming over that we haven't, that hasn't been announced yet. Although I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know who that would be because we're the, the the amount of matches for Scrapper Mania is really starting to pile up. Um, but uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I. I, I hope they're not still a team by the end of 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 2019. I, I, that's my hope. I think they need to take take a chance on the singles thing. Um, but and yeah. I, I mean, they can always still do the Kings of the North elsewhere, you know. But for OTT, at least, yeah, there needs to be a fresh lineup. So yeah, so that's uh, that's homecoming overall. Really, really good show. Um, uh, great opener. <laughs> as critical as we were, it was a really good show. I'm just, no, of course, yeah. And I think, I think, I think, you know what it was. I think, I think the issues with the show were backloaded. Unfortunately, you know, it was like, the, you know, we're not, we're not into the justy thing. The, 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 the women's match was a disappointment, and then I actually, I actually quite liked the, the main event. I real them, but I, I, I think your criticisms are fair. But um, that leads us to uh, to Scrapper Mania. Uh, so we have, we kind of have like 
decently full card at this point, I would say. Uh, Walter versus Devlin, Davis versus Liger, uh, Martina versus Satamora, which, I mean, this is this is kind of it for Martina. It's like, wait, this has to be great. You know what I mean? It, and it can't just be good. It's going to be good. I, I think there's no doubt. Um, I don't think there's any doubt it's going to be uh, uh, good, but it has to be great. Um, there's uh, They announced a tag team World Cup, which I don't know if that's too... Two semifinals. It seems like, it seems like a, a four-way to me. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, that's all right. And it's a, a, a great collection of names. Aussie Open versus uh, Ray Horace and Angelico versus Lads from the Flats versus Besties in the World back already, which is uh, which is cool. Um, so that's that's really uh, bolstering the card. Plus British Strong Style, plus Dan Barry. Uh, so I, I like that card a hell of a lot. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I already have my tickets. So um uh yeah I, I guess we'll um uh, we'll call it there. Um uh let me see here. Yeah, so is there anything else we want to chit chat about before we, we hit the road here? No, just fighting with my family was out this week, out in the UK and Ireland right. next week. Everyone go see um, it. Well I'm definitely gonna go see that because The Rock is in it and I've watched every single one of his movies. Hopefully it's towards the uh, good scale. Oh, and I think you I, I was probably not paying attention when you mentioned the Barry, but uh very excited for Scrap Mania for Ray Oris in particular. Yes, yeah. He would be good. He is El Dragon S Tecca Jr. from that Rest in Peace uh, Lucha Underground show, which apparently dead, according to one of the producers. Or probably dead, let's say. Yeah, we didn't uh, we didn't talk about that because why the fuck would we? Not we? watched it in two seasons. That's why. Yeah, but um... Marty the Moth was their champion last I heard. Was Where he? do I sign up? Where do I sign up to watch that? And then wow. Jack Swag. Yikes! Anyway, uh, so yeah, we'll be back uh, uh, next. Yes, we'll be back next week. Uh, Will I'm... we? Oh my god! Two in two in two weeks. That's a. Then, then I am gone. I am gone again after that. So that's good. Um, <laughs> so, uh, hopefully, so I have my back. proper mixer and stuff. We'll uh, be back with our proper equipment and all our hosts, and we will uh, we'll give you the rundown of everything. Then, so until then, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. Goodbye. This is Joe Town. Goodbye. goodbye.